Before we get into this episode, guys, we want to give out our prayers and condolences to Justin Owens' family. He unfortunately lost his life while uh, qualifying at Lawrenceburg Speedway. Um, Very sad. Uh, He passed away at the age of 27. And uh, we have his prayer. We we give him prayers out to his family, anybody who was a close friend or anything like that. So, yeah. Also, um, local guy, state of Louisiana, Tayton Perkins. uh, Thoughts out to you, buddy. As well, this broke right before we started recording. Um, yeah. Tragic accident with a pressure washer. Um, serious burns. We're all thinking about you, buddy. Um, hope you get better soon. We'll be praying about you. Yeah. So an exciting new series is coming, boys. This is exactly what we needed to grow the karting scene in the Deep South. The Tri-State Bash will cover Louisiana, Texas, and Mississippi. In order to be eligible for the championship race in West Monroe, Louisiana, on the weekend of October 28th, you must compete in two races during the regular season. All class champions receive a custom championship jacket. For more information, you can check them out on Facebook at LEK Promotions. All right, Colton, give us a three, two, one. Since Chancellor here, three, two, one. What up, guys? Welcome back to Portex and Fuel. My name's Ethan. Alex. I'm Colton. I'm sorry, Chance. <laughs> no, no Chance ain't here tonight. So, big shakeup um, truck race and the Easter Sunday race at Bristol. And we dive into it. And we have Rowdy Part 2. We bring Mr. Rowdy Jordan on um, for the second time. Thankfully, this time we do have some good audio for you guys. Um, But before we get into it, here's a word from one of our sponsors. This podcast was created by four guys that met at a local dirt track and created a lifelong friendship between the four of them. Located in Sterlington, Louisiana, Mojave is a dirt oval that offers kart racing for all ages. Age groups start at five and go up from there. If you're looking to get into dirt oval kart racing, you can find them on Facebook and Mojave Karting Complex. Definitely a family environment that will build memories for a lifetime and you never know who you can meet and the friendships you can build and we're proof of it. Yeah, we're proof. And uh, just go check them out on Facebook and we hope you guys enjoy. All right. Hey, would... So, oh, go, sorry. All right. No, that's you're a, good. You're good. That's a dangerous rabbit hole we yeah, can go that, down. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that really, really dangerous right there. <laughs> <laughs> so, let's get into it, boys. All right. And so, right in a crawfish hole. Oh <laughs> <laughs> Are we going to get this thing started? Are we going to get it started? Maybe. Can we? Or no? Maybe. 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 Flip a quarter. Mm-hmm. Heads or tails. Um, Ethan uh, started his uh, big, big new job today, but well, how'd that go? It went well. Um, I sat through like a three-hour training onboarding thing this morning and then uh, this afternoon I was taking care of some trainings and stuff that I needed to do and tomorrow is when I start uh, start the good old fun OSHA 30. You got a little like yellow oh, sticker man. on the back of your your shirt you know a little yellow little stripes. yeah I got yeah. I got the rookie stripes you know yeah, the rookie yeah. stripes on it most definitely so, yeah um, but good news is um, actually pretty cool news is I have a work laptop, a work iPad, and a work cell phone. Hey, hey, we always love free stuff. We love when oh, the yeah. company pays for it. 
Oh, and then the uh, the region that the projects that I'll be working on are in is the uh, mountain region. Damn, we couldn't get the swamp? No, no, no. So uh, when I go and visit, you know, and I have to go visit job sites, I'll be flying from Tampa to Denver. Oh, my goodness. Hey, man, yeah. it's legal over there. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Probably not. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, probably not go time. It's probably not probably not recommended. Definitely might get randomed, you know, as soon as I get <laughs> off the plane. <laughs> What's going on? What happened in Denver, Ethan? Uh-huh. Yeah. Raggy. What happens someone in Denver gave, stays in Denver. Someone gave me some brownies and they taste pretty good. Roro Raggy. <laughs> and then I just held on, you know. <laughs> I got on an airplane and it went zoom. Yeah. 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 And I was sitting on my couch. So Flight attendant lady walked by and I swore it was Miss Frizzle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some nature and beyond right there. Yeah. So I am uh, leaving for Virginia uh, this week. Virginia. Yeah. So, by the way, kind of pisses me off. Why? Cup race isn't on Saturday night. Sunday. Yeah, no, it's kind of, I I thought, I guess that's what I get for thinking. Yes, that's exactly what you get for thinking. It, that it was on Saturday night, just like it was last year and the year before that. This is the first night race at Martin's, or first uh, day race it, back it, during the day in four years. That's Since what, before that's, COVID, yeah, because the two this race is always at night. Yeah, no, the, yeah, the early race. Well, okay, the last four years, this has always been. Well, yeah, because race. they finally put lights at it after yeah. Jeff Gordon won, and they couldn't see. But it's always been on Sunday night. I know that for a fact because Sunday afternoon. Yes, it started like five, six o'clock over there, and then yeah. ran into the night. Yeah, but uh, I know that for a fact it was on Sunday because when we went last year, we went to the truck race on Friday night. Saturday night was when Ty Gibbs uh got into it with Sam Mayer. Sam Mayer. Yep. Well, no, last year it should have been. Last no. year, Xfinity didn't run. Yeah, no, they did. That's they when did. that's when Joe that's when Ty Gibbs punched Sam Mayer on pit road. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, okay. Well, so no, but the trucks ran Thursday because the cup race was Saturday night last year. What did they? Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. They ran Thursday. We drove up on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're right. Yeah. Because the the yeah. spring race has always been the Sunday like mid afternoon. And then COVID screwed it all up. And then they raced the midweek race on Wednesday night. Yeah. Yeah. And it was cool. And then, then 21 is when they raced it at night. And then last year they raced it at night. Yeah. We're trying to go to the truck race this year uh when we drive up, but uh we got we got cup uh cup tickets, got the radios, got the 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 pit passes and everything. So we're gonna get there early. We're trying to go meet some people. Uh, uh can we get some four TF stickers like made and like possibly hand them start, out, you know? Just start putting them on like the pit walls and stuff. Be like All Adam when he was at Chili Bowl, just start putting stickers everywhere. Yeah, Spray there you go. Seats. Just or just like, you know, walk up behind William Byron's car and just slap it on the back slap of the stick on Byron's car. <laughs> Slap it like right in front of the uh the, the camera on the roof or something where they put the Coca-Cola, put it right in Yeah, yeah, that yeah. <laughs> that would be a lawsuit. Mm. <laughs> that would be a mm. big lawsuit that we can't afford. Yeah, Ethan Antoine would dip from the podcast <laughs> real quick on that one. Uh, who who runs this show? Uh, Look, uh, Alex. Alex runs everything. He he. Yeah, it's all Alex's idea. Yeah. You're good. You're, yeah. good. You're good. As they go to the last episode and they hear my voice go off first. Yeah, file <laughs> yeah. bankruptcy. You're good. Autumn's got the credit. You can just roll off of that. Bankruptcy. We 
bro, this ain't even a thing. I mean, it's just four guys. So I mean, right. So they're okay, gonna come after him personally. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There's no the protection. And it waffle stomps me on the ground. There yeah. is no condom on this ep- this uh, podcast. There's no protection. <laughs> this thing is just raw. It's coming straight for Alex. Yeah. I probably shouldn't oh, have said man. that, but oh well. I know what's coming for Cody Ware though. Cody Ware. Ooh, is, yeah. Don't grab the soap. No. Don't grab the soap off the ground. No. Cody, Cody okay. Ware. Okay. Let's let's put it on the table right here. Cody Ware to. Uh, was released today the reason why matt crafton was in his car this weekend which i found really odd but didn't question it thought he might have been sick family thing easter uh but cody ware was charged with strangulation and aggravated assault of a female of a female his wife well we we assume girlfriend something yeah girlfriend or something confirm there's just as female here's where it gets really really twisted the incident happened a week ago today on the third. Yeah, but he wasn't there all weekend this weekend. So, I mean, they no, probably right. just released it. Right. But, uh, yeah, it's... Uh, on a scale of one to good, that is not. not yeah. Oh, nobody, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't care what any what, what any woman does. Uh, I mean, yeah, you can I, get, get them away from you, but don't yeah. try and strangle them. There's a lot. Yeah. I, uh, I just... Man, and you know his dad's got the his dad's got the cup team. His dad's got the Supercross team. His dad's got the IndyCar team. I don't care what you say. You could have all the money in the world, okay? It ain't going away. No, at all. No, no. It's it's uh, definitely not a good look. Uh, he's definitely suspended from NASCAR. I doubt if he comes back from this. Uh, no, 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 no. I mean, well, who was the last one that had an issue like this? Was it what Kurt Busch? Kurt Busch, but the last one who got like the big big name uh, that I can remember was Shane Meal when he failed his drug test. Or well, Jeremy Mayfield and Shane Meal when they'd failed yeah. their. But Shane Meal failed his drug test so many times he got like in like forever banned from NASCAR. Well, Dinger Definitely. failed his Dinger failed his drug test when he drove for Penske when he drove the original shell. Penzoil 22. Which was a totally messed up situation. It was prescribed medicine to him. Right. Because right. I was there in Daytona when the news broke and the shit hit the fan. Yeah. When who? AJ. Dinger. Oh, yeah. And I, I, I don't know, man. I just, this is, this isn't a good look. No, not yeah. at all. But the other thing is, is like, even if he came back, getting sponsors, getting getting any factory support, no, I mean, you're literally going to go back to the Rick Ware 15 car being a white with a red 15 on it, except yeah. it's going to be a 51 if you can even put him on the track. Yeah. It's going to be Rick or racing. It's going to be, you know, like the, the HendrickCars.com, but it's going to be even worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 the make a wish, not make a wish, but like the wish.com version. Yeah, honestly. I, uh, but look, so I guess we can hop into the, to the weekend um, a little bit here. If you guys want, um, yeah. I, I I feel like the truck race was better than the cup race. Hold on, before we get into it, before we get into that, I, I, I wanted to bring something to y'all. Overall weekend, take it away that we took a concrete race away from Bristol. Okay. The 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 the, the sanctioned NASCAR itself, trucks and uh, cup. Dirt racing. What do we? What do we? What do we? Do we like it? Do we not? What? What do no. we think? No. Uh, I feel like, um, what that said it. I think it was Brad Keselowski was talking about it. And he said, you know, something that's a special race. After you do it, 
twice as time to shut it down or else then it really loses its luster. You know, once you start doing three, four, make it a regular thing, it's not really special anymore. Not going to lie. I was really excited for it. I mm. was not disappointed. Uh, what I would like to see, I, I love racing at Bristol. Take a road course away and bring them to a real dirt track. Yes. Yes. Take a road course away, bring them to a real dirt track. Uh, you know, whether it's rotating with North Wilkesboro on an all-star race or I, I I enjoyed the hell out of it. I'm not gonna lie. I loved it. Uh it was really cool to see that the some of the best drivers in NASCAR struggle and and the ones that had the dirt background, even some of the ones that didn't have a dirt background. We'll get into it, but Austin Dillon had a great night. Yeah. Austin uh, Dillon's got the dirt background though. Yeah, Austin Dillon months. won Eldora in the trucks the first yeah, year they did but it. What I'm saying is it's not like a Chase Briscoe, a Ky- Tyler Reddick, a Kyle Lar- no, uh, Kyle Larson. No. It's not I mean, a heavy I get it. He ran I get it. models growing up though. Dirt no, he, he was asphalt. He was, yeah, he, he was all dirt. asphalt. He was all asphalt. Pretty positive. He when he was a teenager, he ran a, a handful of. Uh, it may have been a handful, but it wasn't enough to to probably right. make a difference. Yeah. Is what right. I'm saying. Like, yeah, it yeah. wasn't like like Tyler Reddick. That's he he ran late models. You know. Yeah, kind of cool. I, I just feel like I don't know. Like you know, we keep saying it. It's the car. You know. Yeah. The car. You know, the car sucks it at mile and a half. The car sucks it. Super speedways. The car sucks at start at short tracks. Like, you know, I, I just I feel like at, at this point we're just beating a flipping dead horse. You know. Yeah, I, I think the short track package has gotten better. Uh, I I think that cars need to be lightened up. The trucks were fine. I thought the trucks were fine on the dirt. Uh, I mean, we've seen that multiple times before. Um, with the cup cars, I think they were they're a little heavy to be running on dirt like that. I mean, obviously yeah. we saw they were they were they were rutting the track and everything like that. Um, but I I I like them on dirt. I'm not gonna lie. I enjoyed uh, them being on dirt. Do I like that they took a race away from one of our best tracks? Yeah. It's not our best track. The, the best track. Uh, I I I don't like that. I think Bristol puts on some of the best racing, even with the car that oh, we have. Like, my thing is is like. We raced at what Richmond last weekend, right? It was Which, Richmond last weekend. Yeah, and then we were coming to Bristol. Okay, okay, yeah. You know, you got some sort of idea of what the short track package was at Richmond, dude. You missed a golden opportunity to get people to see some sort of race that could have hinted back at the old days with the old package at Bristol. Yeah, you know, like. You know the short track package. What you got a you got a two inch spoiler on the back, and you got one less diffuser fin, and whatever else. You have no downforce in the car, okay? And you know we all know what Bristol's like. You know tires go away, and you know it's a free for all. Yeah, exactly. Um, do we think it comes back next year? I mean, I think it. I think it inevitably will. I don't know about next year. I, I- I was talking to my dad. I think this was the last uh, last time we'll see dirt on Bristol. Well, so? and see, I I don't want to say I make I, I have an argument for both, but you know you have you know what's the contract like? Is the contract for dirt next year as well? Yeah. Or well, I mean they but, own the track, so right. Well, but at the same time, dude, you only had thirty five percent of the seats filled for the Cup race at Bristol. Yeah. You know, okay, yeah, the weather might have scared people away, whatever, okay? Or, you you know, yeah, first of all, 
race on Easter weekend should never happen. Nope. It's pathetic. going to come. Exactly. I did appreciate them bringing Tim Tebow and the Christian bands and stuff like that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I definitely but, think it. I mean, if we don't race on Mother's Day, then we shouldn't race on Easter. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I just, I, I don't know. I feel like it's. Even, even a lot of cup drivers were upset about racing on Easter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, I feel like it's what's the contract like for, for next year or whatever? Like what what, what are NASCAR and, and SMI thinking and, and all that? But, you know, you can't, you know, Bristol is like, I mean, Bristol's the last great Coliseum is what they call it, you know? And you're taking one of the most historic racetracks you have left on the calendar and sticking dirt on it and making them race on Easter weekend. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough sell. Definitely a tough sell. I, I think it's I think that's that's another reason. Last year we had a lot more there was a lot more fans at the race, but I think another uh tough sell for tickets was uh was it being on Easter. A lot of people, you know, well, I mean it was Easter last weekend or last year, but they raced on Saturday night. Yeah. No, they didn't. No, they oh, raced no, on no, Sunday. No, it was Sunday night. It was Sunday. They did the yeah. same exact service and everything. Same exact on thing. Oh, I don't remember. I thought it was a but Saturday night race. I, I, I just, I, I don't know, dude. I, I don't. You know, I guess one thing that you know people really don't want to, really want to acknowledge here, but dude, the ratings last weekend for the Richmond Cup race were down forty-one percent compared to the year prior. Every and I race think, so I think that far goes has back been to down. The short track package. Every every race so far has been down, but average is about twelve percent. Okay, you've tripled that and some last weekend. I'm interested to see what it's like for this race. Most definitely, I think it'll be better. Uh, well, at least I hope it's better. I don't know what that 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 showing at, at Bristol. I like I said, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I thought they put on some great racing, and we'll get into it, but. Yeah, it, I hope that Martinsville puts on a really good show. Yeah, but with the previous races at Martinsville, it had, does not have a good trajectory no. of ha- having a lot of viewers. No, because it's literally just bumper cars follow the leader. Yeah, there's one sold out section, and it's the section we're sitting in. It's on the it's uh it's it's right at the flag stand. That's the only sold out section at, at Martinsville. But I think. I think where we'll see the best racing this year, and I mean, of course, you know, I'm sure you guys will agree as well, is North Wilkesboro. I mean, the, the all-star race format just came out last week. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's 200-lap race, and the last 100 laps, you've only got one extra set of tires. Yeah, and it's going to eat laps. the tires away worse than And you've got, I think you've got, what, three and a half, four seconds of tire fall off over like 60 laps. When do you put those tires? Like, I, I just, I feel like. Do you save them for a late race caution? I mean, exactly. or, or, or does the, the race go green and you fall back? You know, I think right. that it's really going to show strategic game plans. But I feel like now it's like, you know, we're, we're NASCAR is at a point of. I feel like they're stuck doing what they, what they're doing. And they can't change it. But the only way to get back and get better is to change it. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things where you know you're in a tough situation, but you still got to push through because you're committed to it already. Right. And you can't back out. I, I really feel like that's what's going on with it right now. I mean, we, we I know we can all agree. I mean, the the demise, the, the beginning of the demise was them repaving Atlanta and making baby Daytona. Yeah. That's what kind of kickstarted it all. Yeah. 
I, I do see that definitely as a point. Um, you but, know, it pissed all the drivers off. And and then they, uh, I mean, Denny kind of talked about it on his his podcast, but they 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 said it wasn't like a group thing to uh, to boycott boycott. It was just everybody just didn't go. Everybody quote unquote boycotted it, but it wasn't like they talked about it said we we're gonna boycott it. It was just. I don't know. Maybe, no. maybe maybe it'll open NASCAR's eyes because you know uh, you can't have a team that, uh, especially a charter where you're 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 not making a ton of money, and that NASCAR can take that team from you at any point. And I, I definitely think that NASCAR needs to work with the charters to make them more comfortable. Well, and only thing about what Denny said was the uh, they were already announcing the boycott before it happened. So there was obviously some kind of, if, even if it was just a few select group, mm-hmm. a few of people that was boycotting it. I mean, there was obviously conversation if if the media is already saying, oh, yeah, or I think it was Pacris that said it. It was the day before it was supposed to happen. Yeah. So obviously there was some kind of communication. Um, but I'll tell you this. If we're talking about boycotting, we can't miss the golden, golden topic last week that every single NASCAR team owner boycotted the meeting with nascar yeah that's what we're talking about yeah, that's, that's what we mean that's what oh, we're talking okay. about yeah 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 and i don't know i think uh there's a lot of tension in the sport right now between you know your drivers and nascar your charters and nascar drivers and charters are staying pretty united um well i mean but, as long as they got a sponsor i mean drivers have no problem getting in the seat yeah th- right you know i think something else that doesn't help is the whole our, uh, Hendrick colleague thing. I mean, they have the same penalty, and then in the middle of uh, Denny's appeal, they, they changed the rules to where you can't get all your points back. It's only a partial cut. So Hendrick right. gets all their points back, and yeah. then colleague goes and does another appeal, and <laughs> they get 25 points back. Yep. Like, how right. does that even make sense? I, I don't understand that. That makes no sense to me. The, the more and more they do stuff like this, it's making them look worse and worse. And it, you know, they keep going down this route. You may not have NASCAR on this podcast. It might be a different I, motorsport we're covering. Most I definitely. feel like it. I feel like it's. I feel like we're going back to the 2004, 2005 Hendrick rules NASCAR. I mean, look at yeah. well, when did when did um when did Jimmy's run start in 06? Uh, yeah, 06. Yeah. You know, and it was like Jimmy was non-existent all year, and all of a sudden the chase starts and he's gone out there and top three, top four finishes all yeah. 10 races and just wins the championship. Yeah. I don't know. I, I'm really hoping that, uh, you know, the whole thing was that this car is going to level things out, which I think it's done a good job of doing that. It showed last year. I don't think, yeah. And I don't think Hendrick's been as dominant as Oh, three Oh four starting back then. Um, but obviously people are going to start figuring out the car. And that's what the sucky thing is, is that NASCAR is handing. I don't know how they didn't think about that. They were handing this back. I mean, I know NASCAR didn't want to give all the points back. Well, well, well it wasn't NASCAR. It wasn't it wasn't NASCAR. It was right. the appeals committee. Right. But still, it's I don't know. I feel like I don't know how they didn't see they were going to shoot themselves in the foot by doing something like that in the middle of colleague trying to do their appeal which had the same stipulations and, yep but and they, it looks really bad it looks horrible yeah i mean Wait, it looks but absolutely out. horrible it doesn't even have the same stipulations alex it's the Hendrick same got yeah. caught 
no, Hendrick got caught. Four cars, eight illegal louvers. Right. Cauley got caught. One. One, one car, one louver. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. But what I'm saying is it was the same kind of manipulated yeah. part, and they got it from Hendrick. Yeah. Right. And I'll tell you what's even worse. Hendrick comes out ne- at Richmond dominating. You know, Byron's fast. Bowman's fast. Larson wins. Larson wins. They take the 24 and the 48 back to the R&D center. Pop them for cheating again. And they got yep. their, what, 60 points? 60 Would... points. Crew chief gone. Two so, I mean, now they got Now they got the fucking janitors out there being yeah, crew yeah, chiefs. Yeah, they got the front desk lady out there calling yeah, exactly. calls. Yes. Yeah, they got, you know, a little telephone lady. Rick's about um, to get on that damn top toolbox. Yeah, exactly. But I just and like, you know, they come out this weekend and say, oh, the uh, the the adjustments, the body panel adjustments proved no performance gain. It was greenhouse. It, it was the greenhouse. Didn't you say the same thing about your louvers? Yeah, I would say the same thing. Like I said last week, I said I'd say the same thing if I was cheating. Yeah. I, it didn't help me. Right. And then you they know? don't appeal. They don't appeal right. because exactly. they said that their their resources could be used other elsewhere. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, they I know just, they know they couldn't win that one. So, well, yeah. I mean, like my my thing is is okay. Where are you doing it? You're not catching it in pre race, okay? You're not catching it in pre qualifying tech. You're not catching it after qualifying when the cars are impounded. You're not catching it in pre race. So, what? When are you? When are you doing this? Yeah, honestly, I and I think I think NASCAR was trying to take a shot back at Hendrick. They randomly drew two Hendrick cars. I think yeah, because down. now, because now it's random. Whereas in the past, it was it was nah, like a set position. Saying. I don't right. think I don't think it was random. They uh, right. plugged the numbers in this time. Yeah, I think they I think they they wanted to get back at Hendrick. Which I bet you, if they pulled that five, they would have found that on there too. If we're being honest, I don't know. Larson was not that fast all week. Yeah, you know, that that race. I mean, and then Josh, 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 uh, Josh Berry. Josh Berry finishes what top five? He was second. Yeah. Josh yeah. was second. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, I I doubt they don't put that on Kyle's car. You mean you tell uh, me they put something on Bowman's car and over Kyle's car? Yeah. I, my thing is, is, not wrong. You're definitely not wrong. Yeah. I, I just. I feel like we're, you know, I feel like NASCAR is in a dangerous, dangerous spot right now because what you just showed everyone with your appeals committee and then changing the rule while colleague is getting their appeal done is okay. The big dog can do it, but the small puppies can't. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Even though because you don't, because you don't bring a big steak to the table. Yeah. They claim the seat. They claim that with this whole car, it's supposed to be a new generation. It's supposed to help out these smaller charters. Um, but it, I just. I but you still you still want people to pay $18 million to get in the sport? It's almost 30 now. These guys are PR professionals, though. The, the top guys at NASCAR are PR professionals. How did they not see that they com- do I don't this, know how, the timing know, was horrible? I don't know how they didn't see this coming. I, I don't get it at all. It makes no sense. I. It it literally pisses me off. I'm not even gonna lie. It's uh, it's pretty annoying. And it's kind of concerning that they don't they don't seem to really think with care at times. And I, maybe I'm overstepping my boundary they're, on that. They're being very brash right yeah. now. It's almost like oh, oh you know, colleague, blah blah blah. But Hendrick, oh yeah, Hendrick, yeah. Hendrick's you know, it's a oh yeah, dog. Hendrick's a blue blood, you know. Yeah, but 
But why wasn't that same mindset taken last year when, you know, you had another blue blood in Roush get popped after Daytona? And I think it goes a lot. to fixing what you- a safety issue that they had that NASCAR had with their wheels. I yeah. think I think there was no performance gain. A lot to do with it when you go to the appeal. It's what you bring to the table. And, oh, 100%. And Rick's not stupid. He gets the best of the best to go do that kind of stuff. So who knows? But I'm, it's, it just it aggravates the shit out of me. So let's get into the weekend. Um, uh, Joey Logano. Multiple cup guys. Yeah. Multiple cup guys in the truck race for sure. Joey Logano, William Byron. Uh, who else? Uh, Chase Briscoe was Chase there Briscoe, with a broken yeah. finger. With a broken broke his finger. middle finger. Racing. During the week. Yeah. That's, uh, so, but Joey Logano absolutely dominates. Uh, in I was uh, giving him a run for his money. He was, he was, but I mean, he. What I'm saying is, like all race, he was leading. I mean, it was oh, yeah. just, it yeah. was. He had, he had like two seconds at the end of the race, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I put him um, in my lineup for Sunday, thinking you know he'd be uh, all right. Yeah, we're gonna get into that. So, <laughs> so it makes no sense. Joey Logano goes out and dominates, and then. Uh, puts himself in bad situations where I bet on him. I put actual money on him to finish in front of someone, and uh, he just absolutely shits the bed. Dude, he couldn't even finish in front of the tow truck yesterday. He was the first car out. Yeah. He finished dead last. Yeah, dead last. <laughs> so uh, we'll get it. We'll, let's get into the cup race. Um, well, actually, Jonathan Danbor kind of, you know, uh, I don't remember. I think it's like top 25 in the trucks, but. Uh, Cup race, Austin Dillon, outside pole, Larson, pole. Uh, uh, JJ Yelly, Yaley in third, third. Third. Great, great runs for those Rick Rare cars. Right, Rick Rare car right there. Well, yeah, that one, not the other that, one. That one. Matt Crafton didn't do terrible. He got caught up in a couple of wrecks. Yeah, I know, but I mean, yeah. it was his first time ever sitting in a cup car. No, it wasn't. He's never ran a cup car before. Yes, he has. Where? When? He filled in for Kyle before he filled in. He filled in for Kyle when he got wrecked. When when whenever he broke his legs. Okay, I'm talking about this brand new car. Oh, oh, that's what I'm talking about. Okay, I was getting ready to say, what are you? No, I'm talking about this this car, this new car, which is totally different from any other car we've ever had. So not bad by him. Uh, We find out why he was filling in for Cody Ware. Yeah, Uh, but but Kyle, Kyle Kyle stepped on it, bro. I'll just absolutely well I know I'm gonna have a different opinion from you, Alex, and it might be the different from you as well, Colton. Kyle is uh, Kyle was always known as like the quiet guy, you know, not really pushing the issue all the time and everything. And then now he's in the five car, he's in the Hendrick car, he's got Cliff Daniels, or he had Cliff Daniels. Cliff Daniels is still in Cabo, I think, or wherever. Um, but my thing is, is now that he's in top tier equipment, he he feels like he's the big dog in town. And, you know, Denny said it, you know, and there's been multiple run-ins where if, you know, you're in front of Kyle and whether it be a road course on an oval or whatever, he puts you in a position where it's either lift or you're going to the wall or you're going to the grass or whatever. I mean, look at, look at the clash last year. I think that's for a lot of people though. Yeah. What, but you see it more, you know, it's, it's. I don't want to say it, but I feel like Kyle Larson, he got the championship. And it's like bow well, down to me is what you're trying to say. It, right. But with the Ryan Priest I mean, incident on the front stretch, I feel like Ryan could have just backed out for a second. And I 
this is just me. He didn't have to put himself in the. I mean, yeah, Kyle came up a little high and and hit Chase, but I feel like Chase could have backed out. I don't think Chase had to push the issue right there. I mean, they were only we were only like 50, 60 laps into the race. Well, and I get that, but you know, we're, you know, your track position's key, okay, at Bristol in general. Much less you put dirt on it, and as soon as it slicks off, it's like you know, you either running the bottom and hoping you can get momentum, or you're banging the the boards down, okay, and. I just, I don't know. Like, I do. I, do I think it's it, it's good for Ryan to stand up? One hundred percent. I mean, he's driving for his contract, okay. And especially with this whole Cody Ware thing coming out, you know, now the rumor is, oh, Cole Custer is going to be in the fifty-one. Riley Herbst is going to be in the fifty-one. Oh, that's going to be an audition for who's taking Kevin Harvick's seat, okay? Well, if if Ryan Priest don't show up, okay, Ryan Priest is out. Plain and simple. And I mean, I think, you know, Ryan just had enough and when he had enough, so be it. And, you know, they had the run at the end of the race. And I mean, Kyle just junked himself. No, Ryan did put him in the wall. Ryan totally put him in the wall. And I think that was on purpose, but he's not going to say it because of what happened with Denny. I definitely think Ryan right. put him in the wall. And then Kyle already had his shit broke. So he decided just to go try and wreck Ryan too. Uh, I, I don't know, but, uh, I don't know. I really did like though, the, 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 after they had, uh, McDowell did his first 360, they started being real lenient on the cautions. I really enjoyed that. Well, it, 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 it was depending on who spun. If you, if you, if you know, recall. Ryan Blaney freaking got spun on accident and they didn't call any caution. Colton made that very clear. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm like, I'm sitting there like, what the hell? Okay, I mean, you probably just gifted, you know, you probably just gifted Christopher Christopher Bell to win at that point. Okay, I mean, Kevin Harvick restarted like, you know, back there in like 18th, 19th place or some shit and ends up with the top 10. And he was his uh, like where he was running all day was like 23rd, 24th. He ends up with a top 10. Yeah. And I, I just I feel like. I feel like, I mean, 100 percent. What Kyle Busch has said, you know, the whole respect in the NASCAR garage is gone. And whether that's, a, you know, drivers and teams being pissed off at NASCAR and, you know, not liking the car, not liking the, the, the setups and all this shit that's going on now. I mean, I don't know what it is, but I mean, you, just, you, you saw it again. You know, you saw it last weekend at Richmond. You saw it the weekend before at what was the week? You know, what was it? Atlanta? The weekend before, but yeah. you know, it's just you, you, the respect factor is completely gone, and it's like if you're not, you know, you get you get a caution with, um, or no, it was Coda before Richmond. I mean, if you don't, if you don't show up, and you know, with ten laps to go, and you know, say it's it's me or, you know, it it's me or no one. You got a ninety-five percent chance of getting wrecked, and so, I, I just feel like it's it, it's it's bullshit. I mean, I feel like we're watching a junior one race at Batesville. Honestly, you know, you you just keep wrecking people. You keep restarting. You keep wrecking people. It's just like, you know, at some point you gotta you gotta stop throwing cautions, I guess. But I mean, at the same time, I mean, look at yesterday. I mean, you have McDowell that spins no caution. You have Joey that spins on his own caution and then you you know you have blaney that gets spun no caution 
And, you know, it's like, what do you call, you know, are the, is the committee waiting for their pizza or, you know, are their fingers full of butter and they can't hit the button or, you know, what what's going on? I don't know. I think, uh, you know, going back to the Kyle and Ryan issue, uh, if NASCAR was to penalize, I was just reading something up on it. If, if they were to penalize priests on this, I hope they know that this would make them look even worse. I don't think they'll do anything. We'll find out Wednesday, but I don't think they'll do anything. Yeah. Um, but, uh, I really enjoyed Kyle and Kyle and Tyler and, and, and Christopher's battle up front. It was really awesome. I mean, people were making mistakes and they were taking advantage of sliders. It was awesome. I, I loved it. That was one of my favorite parts about it. And, uh, it was really exciting for me, uh, at least for me to watch I that kind of racing. Christopher Bell, you know, when he was running the top and, you know, he jumped the cushion just a little bit. You know, hearing his in car of he when he knew he was jumping the the cushion, and he just gunned the gas real fast to keep the keep the rear wheel spinning to keep not it from slamming the wall exactly. You know, to keep the momentum going. I mean, dude, that's something. You know, that's that's straight talent. You know, it's just instinct at that point. Yeah, yeah, right. That's just that's that's natural born talent. You can't buy that. Hear me out, though. At the end of the race, I think Tyler goes to try and go to the slider line, but I think Christopher would have blocked it. So I think it would have finished how it was even without the caution. But that would oh, be really cool to see. Play yeah. Out. So so about that. OK. Did Chastain just park it in four? I have no idea. I really don't. Because uh, him and know, Josh Berry got tangled up or, or somebody got tangled up with him. Uh, Josh Berry was part of it, but I don't know who got tangled up and how Josh got into that. But. Uh, it was uh, Justin def- just parked it. It looked like he just put the brakes on and stopped her. Unless the car died, unless it stalled, I don't know. Okay, but, but listen, we're gonna you know think back two weeks ago at Coda, he did the same shit, and you know I guess you know the rumor was oh he had to restart the ECU. Okay, he had to restart the car, but he gets it refired right after a caution comes out. Not a big deal. Yeah, you know. It's like you go from being it's the kind of like when Hendrick said it wasn't a performance advantage. All right. You know, it's like Ross goes from being, I mean, the we're biggest, being honest here. They're going to get every know? excuse to try and make themselves look better. So, right. I mean, you go from being the, you know, if you're not up in it, you know, are you throwing a hissy fit that, you know, if you're not in the front, you're, you're just saying screw it to everybody else. But it wouldn't have been any advantage for him to put out a caution right there because it was the white flag uh, race was called. Right. But I mean, it's like, you know, I guess, you know, that just puts like that extra bit of negative light on the end of what could have been the last dirt race at Bristol. Yeah. You know, how are you going to have such a great restart two dirt guys, practically teammates racing for the win. Okay. Coming down the backstretch. Oh, the caution flag goes and race is over. Yeah. Like when that happened, I turned the TV off, went to bed. Like I, I was just, I was mad. I'm like, I, you know, I don't want to say it like this, but I mean, I, it felt the same way as when Joey Logano wins a race. I just sit, like, I just turn the TV off. I'm happy like, I for really, Christopher. It was good for him. I, yeah, I'm, I, you know, don't get me don't get me wrong. I'm I'm happy for Christopher, but I'm like, I really just sat here for and watched this race under yellow that is, they were battling for 47. Right, and that would have been know, a hell of a finish. Two dirt guys about to go at it last corner. You know, right? Could we have seen the same thing that happened last year between Reddick and Briscoe? You know, yeah. So, you know, I just, I don't know, man. Let's digress. Let's digress because it's got us all worked up. 
Martinsville next week. I'm calling a Hendrick Carter win. I think yeah, that that's a that's a very comfortable. Byron. You think Byron does it? I think Byron does it. I think Denny runs good. Um, I'll tell you. I'll tell you my. I'll tell you my dark horse pick. Bubba Wallace. That's not a bad pick either. It's gonna be real interesting. I'm gonna have no cell service, and I'm gonna have to put in the best lineup I can. I can hear TJ right now after hearing that. <laughs> oh yeah, Bubba. yeah. So, but I feel like you know, I it could be a toss up. It really could be. And I hope so, it's a good race. I hope it's a good race, man. I'm gonna be excited to hear the new next gen cars. I hear they sound great. Yeah. For your for your sake, Alex, I hope it's hot. And I hot. hope it's sunny. It's supposed to rain. Well, the reason why I'm saying I'm hoping it's hot. Oh, so tires start getting greasy. Exactly. Yeah. Because you remember last year it was cold. It Freezing was cold. crazy cold. Yeah. So the track never slicked Slip off. Up. I mean, it was just holding rubber like nobody's business <laughs> yeah so uh here is the interview from mr rowdy jordan guys we hope you enjoy it What's going on, Mr. Rowdy? Ah, same shit, different day, man. Yeah, making it happen? Trying to. Yeah, just, trying yeah to I stuff. guess that's what we all trying to do right now. Right? Yeah, I'm fortunate. This is my, this month here is, is really now that I'm not doing the racing thing and we change gears and uh, mostly portrait stuff. This month is the one event that I, still do it's a youth bowling tournament yeah and it's four weekends um one in south carolina one in georgia and two in north carolina and dude it it, it literally sets up my fiscal year that's how strong it is really wow. yeah, it's a it's a youth scholarship bowling tournament and that's you know my title sponsor one of the title sponsors of it and um stuff like that and it's it's a pretty neat little deal man yeah it's uh i i guess the closest thing you compare it to is the racing but a month straight of bowling tournaments i'm sure that is uh a little bit better than being out in the sun and, oh hell uh, yeah at a racetrack i don't have to worry about rain i don't have you know man it's oh it's sweet and when i first started doing it, i'm like man i could get used to this so what are you you getting like action shots and everything? Uh, like when no, actually, here's the cool part: is we can't shoot, you know, while they're actually rolling. Really? So I take a damn professional backdrop in my you know, my studio lights, the whole nine yards like that, and every one of these kids are it, it's it's mandatory, but you know, a few of them skip out, and we use the mandatory as a thing to, you know, really push them toward us. Uh, you know, like if you do well, you know, we need your picture for, you know, PR work and stuff like that. Plus mm -hmm. at the end of the season or at the end of the tournament, we go to the finals in July. We take the top 36 bowlers 
in five, you know, overall five divisions overall. Mm-hmm. And we dole out about 40, about 40 grand in uh, scholarship money. And oh, awesome. we start with like 13 to 1500 kids mm-hmm. in five divisions. And then you get, you know, 36. And at the end of the season, I mean, at, at the vinyls there, I typically make them as part of my deal. I make them something fairly nice and use their pictures and stuff like that. So that's how we, you know, we end up with every, just about every kid coming through, you know, hurting them through just like you, you sing your pictures in high school. You walk up to the same set and say, cheese, click, bye. Yeah. And uh, so, you know, we get two or three shots of every kid, man. And, you know, we our numbers last week was probably as good as we've had as far as who we actually sell to. We, we, we sold probably 50% of the families last week that's a pretty good number yeah that's a very strong good any, in this business anything over 20 percent uh is good and we sold 50 percent right at 50 percent that's a good bit so right like, if, that, if that carries through to the next three weeks man i'll hell i'm i'm going to aruba for a couple of weeks <laughs> you're taking a couple of days off for right sure yeah yeah so uh you've been doing a lot of portraits a lot of senior pictures even even some weddings you said Man, yeah, I even I've done I've done three weddings already this year, but we uh or in the past year, I ain't gonna say this year, but um yeah, we that's the biggest part of the business now is portrait work. I do a lot of seniors, uh high school seniors mm-hmm. and we do a lot of senior portraits. Um that's that's the bulk of it, and I still do some design work uh literature layout stuff like it you know from the magazine days uh ad layout design you know stuff like that i still i still have customers that i work with uh, on that side but behind the camera most of it's portrait work yeah you you hooked up with any schools or anything like that to where you go and take their senior picture for the yearbook or is it just like personal people who come to you well see yeah just personal man see conglomerates like life touch has a has a stranglehold on the on the school stuff. Yeah. Now I do I, I I do work real well with one of the local high schools and have worked with some others uh for the sports teams uh where I go out and do shoot their seniors and they they all do banners and hang them in the gym mm-hmm. for their yeah. seniors. And so I I actually, you know, go out and shoot the seniors, shoot the team and design and produce the banners for them oh that's cool that's really so, cool yeah it's cool as hell man and yeah. i got a local gymnastics training center here that i work really well with work do a lot of work for them and they just completed their season outside of the regionals they got regionals coming up first weekend in may but outside of regionals they had two teams to win state championships and seven individuals and that's, so that's, I get to, I get to go take pictures of them and do their banner work too. Mm-hmm. That's and, that's really good. And so you know, yeah, it's it's a different pace, man. But yeah, it's keeping you busy. It's keeping you. Oh keeping, yeah, yeah, keeping you active and everything like that. They yeah, say, right. They, yeah, they say you got to keep moving around, or you're gonna start getting old or feeling old. You know. Oh, son, I feel every day of my <laughs> age right now. <laughs> So uh, we'll get into this right here. Um, yes, we have already done this for anybody listening, but uh, 
we, this is we're redoing this but uh so what was your first encounter with racing well my first encounter with racing was you know my dad raced my mom raced a little bit and actually one powder puff one one night that's the big story in my family is my mom jumping in my dad's race car and winning the <laughs> uh, powder no actually it's my uncle's car i'm sorry it's my uncle's car and was that her brother won the power yeah her that brother's her car brother. And uh, won the powder puff. My daddy wouldn't let her drive his car, but uh, <laughs> he was a smart man. Uh, but you know, both of them raced. I, you know, that's before my time, though. I mean, it was like when I was an infant and stuff, so I don't remember a whole lot of them racing other than stories that families told me and you know, uh, photographs and stuff. Um, but as far as remembering uh, racing, man, my daddy, you know, we would go to the local dirt tracks and stuff. And, um, yeah, he, he dragged me out there and I mean, I always had a ball, but when I got old enough to, you know, do shit on my own, excuse me, do stuff on oh, my you're own. Good, you're good. Um, <laughs> you know, I had some guys in, in my class at school, uh, as early, really in middle school, which was junior high back then, mm-hmm. uh, they were racing go-karts and I didn't know what the hell, you know, at the time I didn't know what go-kart racing was and but i kept listening to him and you know talking about and come to find out one dude was actually racing a champ buggy and i i still didn't understand what the hell he was racing because i'd never seen it and but i never did get to see him race or, or my other buddy but you know I, I got hooked up with some other guys that were starting into the cars and our biggest track around here at the time didn't run late models they it was a we was a big uh super six cylinder Mm-hmm. region and uh so but it was it was pretty cool i got got involved with a couple of guys that was racing uh the super sixes and stuff and would go down and help them and you know fight our way out to track every now and again and you know and that was that's probably my earliest you know really encounters yeah if you race long enough there's definitely be a few nights where Oh yeah, yeah. There might oh, be yeah. a couple times you're gonna you're gonna get in some altercations. Yeah, I've I've taken at least one ride out of the uh, pits in the back of a squad car. Really? Fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, you know, I knew most of the guys and we got along. And you know, I've been taken out to the parking lot and I right, get your ass out. You know, <laughs> behave. Yeah. I'd wait on the guys to come out with you know with the trailer and I'd hop in the truck and let's go. You know. Yeah. What happened with the squad car incident? With what? The squad car incident. How how'd you end up in the back of a cop car? What happened with that? Uh, fighting and stuff like that. Just you know, being rowdy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was something I wanted to ask. And um, is is rowdy a nickname or is that your name? It is really a nickname. Mm-hmm. It's not on my birth certificate. birth certificate, but it's the only name I've ever gone by. Really? Even as a yeah. kid, that was that was the name. When I was a, when I was in a crib, I had something was wrong with one of my feet. For some reason, you know, another another uh, more proof that I you know I ain't right. But you know, early on, something was wrong with my foot, and I had a cast on it or something. And my mom said I just raised hell with that cast in the in the in the crib, and she was a big Clint Eastwood fan. And if you guys look it up. Back in the early 60s, there was a show on TV called Rawhide. Mm-hmm. And that was Clint Eastwood's character's name, 
was Rowdy Yates. Yep. And that's where it come from. Really? Yep. She she called, started calling me Rowdy, and I and really I other than legal papers and everything else, that's the only thing I've ever gone by. I even got suspended from school one time because <laughs> I had a hard headed teacher that you know you go your first first day of semester if you got a new teacher they'll make roll call mm-hmm. and and all the teachers i ever had would make the offer this you know well if, you know it won't be called something different you know like you know my real name's lewis mm-hmm. you know common be called lou or you know just something besides you know the full name yeah so when he called my name i said rowdy <laughs> and this brother he just he was not going to call me Rowdy. He was intimidated. So he marked <laughs> he marked me absent like the first four days. <laughs> and you're sitting there and right I'm in, sitting the seat. in class. Oh, finally, we get into an argument, and he made the mistake of calling me out to the hallway, and and we we just went to arguing, and he he made the mistake of grabbing my arm. Oh boy, uh, he yeah. found out. <laughs> Yeah, my mom had to go to the school board to get me back in school after that incident. <laughs> <laughs> the nickname lived up to its uh, to its potential. Oh, I was a good kid, man. I lived, you know, I tried to make mom proud. I lived up to it. Yeah, that was yeah, my younger you days. Weren't uh, gonna let nobody mess with you. Yeah, like I said, that was my younger days. Uh, you should email uh, old old Kyle Kyle Bush and ask him for some royalties. You know, he's making a lot of yeah, no lot. lie, right? Yeah, he got an energy man, drink name. Y'all don't it. know what rowdy is. Yeah. <laughs> Are you looking for a high-quality, more affordable clothing brand for you and your race team? Look no further than Sublimited, that's S-U-B-L-M-T-D, as they offer crew shirts, hoodies, racing jackets, leather and fabric, full-body racing suits, and much more. Fully customizable cart suits start at $4.99, as well as fully customizable SFI 5 racing suits start at only $9.99. For more information, contact Laura Pender at 601-934-4073, where you can find them online at sublimatedapparel.com or on Facebook. When you reach out, be sure to let them know that we at Four Takes and Fuel sent you. So, uh, what what was some favorite memories from from the racing days for you? Hmm. Favorite memories from when I was racing. Hmm. Hmm. Man, I don't know. I you know I what? favorite memories. You'd think I'd have thought about this in the last couple of weeks, but. I I don't know, man. Like I said, I I just met some just like in go kart racing. I met some good people, made some lifelong friends. Uh, I guess one night I, I nah, we ain't going there. We tore up some race cars <laughs> one night, and I had a ball doing that. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a grudge thing. I, I told him not to hit my damn race car, and he hit my race car again, and it was on end. But if I'm not finishing this race, neither are you. <laughs> Kind of yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, yeah, and, and so, you know, I, you know, stuff like that. I mean, I can't say that you know, and for you know, I raced go karts a little bit, and you know, won a little bit, and you know, I never was worth a shit, man. I was just crazy <laughs> enough to try. Didn't have the talent nor the money to to be good. You're just trying to have a good time. Uh, oh, that's exactly it, man. I had a blast. Uh, you know, you now my son's the other way around. He you know, he takes after his papa on uh, on my on my wife's side. There, he was really good. My dad was okay, but you know, the the talent definitely skipped generations. I wouldn't say that. I think I think it, the the talent just went in a different direction on you. Yeah. 
So you talked a little bit about uh, Lee. Um, how was it getting him into racing? Did he just come to you, say he wanted to race, or did you introduce it to him? Well, no, we, we, he's been around racing all his life. Yeah. I mean, from the time he he come out, you know, he, he as soon as he could walk, you know, by this time, you know, I, I've come to the conclusion that I ain't worth a shit and I'm not going to waste any more money on it. So my dad and I just, you know, became the super fans and we you know man we'd we'd chase races and we go to this race down here an hour away and it rain out we're gonna find another race before we come home you know stuff like that yeah and so we'd you know we'd have lee tagging along with us and it was just something that us three did mm -hmm. and the funny story is about lee if we're gonna talk about his racing he runs number 81 mm -hmm. right and and it has no family ties whatsoever. Really? When we were we were going to the racetrack, Lancaster Motor Speedway, Lancaster, South Carolina, there was we're up in the grandstands and one night this car rolls out. Well, we know whose car it looked like, but it had a different number on it. Well, the the announcers, you know, well, in that black and gold number 81, young man out of Lancaster, you know, he springs South Carolina, uh, the 1982 North American Carton Champion, which we thought was a super big deal then, because we didn't know no better. Yeah. You know, but uh, which it is. I mean, yeah, championship's not, a championship. I'm not taking nothing away from him, but, you know, he was North American Carton Champion. What class at the time, we didn't know. All we know is the announcer said he was North American Carton Champion. And so we watched him, you know, which is kind of, it was cool looking car. I'll throw the name at it. It was an old Ira Small car, a guy mm -hmm. named Ira Small. Well, this was a guy named Brian Mackey. Mm -hmm. Okay. And we watched him that first night. Eh, he's okay. The next week, he got better. The next week, he got better. The next week. And so, you know, ultimately, I mean, we just, from day one, we were Brian Mackey fans. Well, even to the point that my uh, sister-in-law was somewhat of a seamstress. And I've got pictures. We had a driving suit made for my four-year-old son that looked just like brian mackey at the time was only 18 years old we blew his damn mind yeah <laughs> i think he was 18 he was 18 19 or somewhere around in there but it, you know it blew his mind and uh but you know and that's the reason he runs that number now really that's a that's a cool story usually it's you know somebody is uh, either a family member or it's a number sent down. I have a bunch of buddies who do that. Or it's like with me, right. I was the big Elliot Sadler fan. So I'm number 38. Right. And Colton right here was a big junior fan. So he's number 88. Yeah. And so it's it's funny how uh, numbers come along with somebody if they stick. But uh, that that's Man. a that's a that's a, a local cool story, really. Yeah. And th but then go a little bit further now. And I'll cut it short after this. But. A little bit, a few years later, now again, Lee's not racing anything, and we just we're fans. And when I started my photography business, he was going to the track with me. Well, hell, he's a teenager at this time, All right? We get in the carton with him, we start running the state and national pavement stuff. 
and we run into this kid named Corey Mackey. Oh, guess who his dad is? <laughs> Brian, <laughs> Brian Mackey. And we're friends with, you know, Facebook friends. And we, you know, we, we see Corey around every now and again, but you know, he, he's a good young man. He's probably in his, he's in his late twenties by now, but yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Run into his That's kid named really Corey cool. Mackey. And I'm like, Hey dude, what's your dad's name? <laughs> Brian? Where's he at? Oh, he's over here at the trailer. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Oh man, man. that's awesome. So, uh, about what year did 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 Lee get into racing? About what was Lee what was the time? Lee started racing in '97, I think, late '97. So, late '97. When did when when did photography start for you? Uh, February '97. February '97. Okay, so that's when I started PNR. Was was in uh february of 97 gotcha so it was that kind of uh tough or did you try and do your schedule around his racing did what was like were you like did you put your schedule of pnr around his racing or did was it you know you, if you well, could make it to the race when when i started the photography deal it was kind of a you know that was another story in itself but i was shooting I was basically hired to shoot the South Carolina Dirt Series, mm -hmm. which at the time was the largest divisional in the WKA. And so that was only six dates a year. Mm -hmm. Lee just wouldn't race when we did those. Well, it didn't matter because the, the director of the series hired Lee to work as part of the staff. Oh, cool. So he got in on that side of it. And it wasn't long after that, um, Lee became, he was the flagman for the Max's More Money Pro Series. But at the time, it was just More Money Pro Series, and then Max was come along shortly after he started it. And Lee was the flagman for it for several years and was in high demand for a long time, done a ton of big money races and stuff like that. People would call him up, but, you know, he finally... Got tired of that. Yeah. So PNR starts in '97, but photography we started earlier for you. When when was the first interest in photography and anything like that? Well, the first interest was. I mean, I've always been a visual type person, but you know, after my after Lee was born, and then you know, I had a daughter the next year. My wife, um, she really liked pictures of our kids. And I think I put a young photographer at the Sears studio in town. <laughs> yeah. I think I put her through college. Might've paid half the mortgage. Going, oh, son, I'm telling you what, I'm, I think my wife took my kids down there. And I want, I want to say every damn week, but it might not have been every week, but it was close. And so we eventually bought a little 35 millimeter camera and I started shooting, you know, I'd shoot the kids. I'd, you know, I'd do some other stuff and just kind of tinker in it. So it was, you know, a true hobby. And at the time, I was, I was working in a machine shop. Mm -hmm. And uh, this old guy that, that I actually raced go-karts with was the uh, shop foreman. And he he actually was, uh, at, at the time, was race director for the South Carolina Series and sitting at the break table one day and he asked me he says hey man you know anybody can take a picture and maybe write a story or two for me 
No, I don't know nobody. <laughs> We'd been friends for a long time, and he knew that I took, you know, I had journalism in school, and, you know, and I was a hobbyist, you know, with a camera. And, mm -hmm. No, I don't know nobody. A couple weeks later, he comes back to me. He said, you sure you don't know nobody? <laughs> no, I don't know nobody. <laughs> And he finally lays it down. Look, I'm talking to you, dumbass. <laughs> it wasn't really a question. It, it was you know, to, to, right. to know if you knew it's anybody. Asking, it's I was asking you if you, you wanted to do, do this for me. Yeah. Right. So I ended up, you know, going down to Indian Land the week before the first state race that year and and trying out my hand and I've never shot anything moving like that. And uh, you know, one thing led to another man and once I started with the South Carolina series you know that's all i did the first year and then by the second year man i was getting calls from different places i ended up with the north carolina series and you know if anybody was doing a big show i was i was getting calls i don't to this day i don't know how or why mm -hmm. but it, it all played out pretty well for me yeah i would say so so you were was this a this was a, ma a magazine that was getting put out with the south carolina dirt series no, it was it was just uh, the series, and I I just go cover, shoot their uh, races, and I would write the reports for the WKA magazine. Oh, okay, okay. That gotcha. was the that was the goal they wanted. Uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, both. You know, any, any of the state series, I would write. Uh, the The priority was to submit images and text to WKA magazine. Mm -hmm. What I did outside of that, they didn't really care. So there were some regional rags uh, going around that uh, that I would submit our work to. And, you know, I thought it was pretty cool when I got my first cover shot. It was a little uh, rag out of uh, Tennessee called uh, DKN, Dirt Carding News. And uh, that was my, when I got my first cover shot. And there That's was cool. a, a little lady out of Georgia that was doing a newspaper style deal. I did a lot of work with her. Um, you know, one thing led to another. Next thing I know, I'm working with Speedway USA. And, you know, um, I even done some freelancing with Oval Cart when they first started. But Speedway was one that Rob Howden, he's the one that really, you know, kind of took me in and said, hey, man, look, we can do this. And I couldn't find out, hell, I was doing 80% of his work for him. <laughs> oh, <God laughs> I love him to death, man, but, you know, he taught me a lot about magazine work, but, uh, learned by doing. Yeah. So how, how long from when you were, uh, doing the South Carolina dirt series, did you go to Speedway? Um, uh, oh, Speedway USA, as soon as I found out who they were, I forgot, and, and be honest with you, I don't know how I stumbled on them. Uh, whether they came to me or what happened, but it wasn't long. It was probably 99. I started working with Rob somewhere around in there. Um, mm, no, it might've been 2000, somewhere around in there. And I started working with Rob and, um, you know, Ralph Lamb and myself became senior editors and, we did the bulk of the coverage because Rob's a, a Canadian dude mm -hmm. and his magazine was really centered around 
you know, the world carding stuff, you know, the and and the southeast uh was where most of his uh coverage was coming from and it was me and Ralph doing, you know, most of the coverage. But uh, uh I'd say that somewhere what about a couple of years in that I started freelancing with Rob. Yeah. And you say yeah, I did a little work with Oval Carp? A little bit. I, I, you know, I did, I freelance, like I said, I was freelancing and, and actually that was probably, I went full time in January of 02 is when I went full time with PNR. And so I was like, anybody that would buy anything I had, I would, I would do work with them. But, uh, Jeremy Farron, and Frank Ash, uh, uh, were pretty good guys and you know they had a real good you know real sharp magazine and uh so you know when the opportunity came up yeah i did some freelance with them uh, not a whole lot but um a little bit but and you know speedway was still my at the time was my priority more of your bread and butter right there do what more of your bread and butter yeah oh yeah definitely uh, Rob Rob paid a whole lot better. <laughs> well, yeah, you were doing more work. Hey, yeah, well, yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's when that's when magazines magazines used to be my like I love going pick up different issues of of multiple different magazines and right. I wish it was still like that now. It was it's nothing like getting your hands on it and being able to look at it all. But yeah, that was awesome back then. Yeah, I, I remember Speedway. I. It's mm-hmm. funny because I didn't even know you were, you were working with them. I remember getting yeah, them in the mail. I didn't either. Uh, yeah, as a kid, um, we we well, got I, a we got a few. I know for sure the very last cover, the very last magazine they had uh, that Rob published, Speedway USA, has Jamie Knopf on the cover, and that's my shot. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really cool. And so this uh, and and the the timeline right here um you know you're doing speedway magazine early 2000s mm-hmm. and then you say you go full time with pnr was it more of what you're doing now was it portraits and 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 senior oh, pictures no. and stuff like that no, it it was it was car racing photo, photos full blown full blown so what what, what we remember as you know as as cart cart racers Oh yeah, uh, you know, every everywhere I would go, again, my my pull was that if I come in and set up, you know, the trade off was that they were going to get a write up in a magazine. At the time, it, it didn't matter, you know, and I used them all. If you know, I could tell them, look, I submit my work to you know five, six different magazines, so you're going to get all this publicity. So they'd let me come in, and I'd take pictures and sell my pictures on site. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I just, you know, like a carny, man, I, I had to hustle. Yeah. Uh, especially when, you know, when I went full time, I mean, yeah. I had to hustle my ass off. Yeah. Especially with oval car being there and you're the new guy on the block coming to pictures and stuff like that. You definitely had to uh, make a name well, see, for yourself quick. There really wasn't a conflict there because they didn't do anything on site. They didn't sell pictures. They didn't do anything like that. You know, it was just a coverage angle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you so, think that separated you and helped you out? Probably. Yeah. People being able to get their photos on site, you know, uh, that, that I'm sure that because when you start a business, you know, it's uh, definitely trying to uh, figure out what can separate you from what is already out there in the in the industry. 
the first first week I walked onto a go kart racetrack in Indian Land, uh, you ain't got no intruders, do you? No, 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 no. I was I was gonna say something about how you know what separated you. I mean, everybody wanted to get their photos done. I mean, they still do it now, but even back then, I mean, it was such a huge right. deal to be able to go to the trailer and and. Oh wait a photo. minute, that ain't mine. No, that no, ain't no, mine. No, 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 that's no, no, that's Jim Lambert's work there. <laughs> yeah, that looks like Jim Lambert's work. Yeah, he's but from anyway, Batesville. Um. No, I, um, you know, the first time I stepped on a go-kart track was Indian Land, and I think I told you this the other week, was they, they had a guy that was coming in, but he, he wasn't a regular. He would show up just whenever the hell he had time, and, you know, I, I didn't know who he was, and I didn't really mean to, but, you know, apparently I run him off, because it was years before I seen him again, and he would he would go through and he'd take pictures all night long. Well, hell, he'd come back next week with a satchel full of printed eight by tens. And that cost him. And then he and would probably cost, wouldn't sell them all. <laughs> right. But what he would do would walk up into trailers and show these people their picture. Okay. Uh, and say, so you kind of make you feel out. bad. Right. And, and, and I made up my mind then, no matter what I do, I wasn't going to do business that way. You're going to want my shit or I'm, you know, I don't, you know, I'm going to go find some way else to, to eat. Yeah. And, you know, he would walk up in there and, and, you know, a lot of it, he was good. I'm not, you know, he was a good photographer and, but that, that model of business, you know, just hit me wrong. Mm -hmm. And that's what I told my wife right then. I said, if we do this, I'm not doing it that way. And so we would, you know, now the local stuff we'd, We'd take pictures all night, all day on Saturday, and we'd come home. I'd get my film developed, or yeah, film. We'd, we'd get it developed that week and go back next week. We'd have photo albums with four by six prints in it. Mm -hmm. Okay. And that's how people would buy buy the pictures. Well, you know, the state races, uh, uh, and we got, we, I said, we got to figure out a way to make it happen like that on the state races first few state races would take pictures and then we'd have them at the next state race I'm like, yeah this ain't working so uh i got where i would call around to the cities that we were going to and find me a one-hour lab that would be willing to work with me and i'd explain to them look about this time on saturday i'm going to have about 40 50 rolls of film i need to be put in front of the, at the head of the line when I walk in, I need I need my shit done. Like now, and, like 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 yeah. ten minutes ago. I need it done so, ten minutes ago. I would shoot, I mean, I would shoot like hell for practice. And as soon as the check last checker flew on practice, boom, man, I'm loaded up, I'm headed to a lab. And a lot of times I could be back at the track. My wife and I would stamp the back of every one of them damn things and write the negative number in the corner on the back and have them in a photo album before the feature started. Wow. Golly. That yeah. Is, that's a hustle. And I guarantee there was probably a couple times you could have could have went to jail with the, how fast you were going to going to that place. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. At least once. Yeah. Might have been a couple red red lights or stop signs you never saw. Yeah, I got lucky. Most of the time, where where the tracks are at, you you know you, you wouldn't you know wouldn't have a whole lot of city to go through to get to a 
uh, uh, one hour lab, you know, because tracks out in the middle of no damn where. Yeah. But I do remember one time in particular looking down at the speedometer. I, I left uh, Carnesville and headed south on 85. And I looked down, I was doing 105. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> I might want to roll this one back a little bit. <laughs> might want to back her down. <laughs> yeah. Let her breathe. So you go full time in early full two early two thousands with PNR. Uh, when does chasing racing come into the picture? Chasing racing came into the picture late in two thousand and four. I was packing up my minivan in the first of August to go on family vacation, and I get a call from my bread and butter, Rob Howden at Speedway, and he tells me, "Hey, look, man, I wanted you to be the first one to know." Uh, outside of my, you know, my wife and I, he says, I'm going to fold the magazine. Hmm. And I'm like, no, that's really is... comforting about how you're about to spend a bunch of money on, on vacation. Right. right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm headed to a vacation and, and I'm like, yeah, shit. We're hitting, we're gonna have <laughs> so every I'm Waffle like, House and McDonald's, no luxury meals. Like right. Planned, right. right? <laughs> so no water know, park, nothing. I'm, I'm sweating it that week, you know, and I'm like, you know, hell, man, I'm I'm full time at this gig, and my my main gig just bellied up on me, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll make this happen somehow. You know, if I have to go back to workforce, blah blah blah. You know, it wasn't. I don't know. A couple of weeks later, conversations with some industry leaders and stuff, and one of them in particular said, "Won't you do your own magazine?" And I don't know nothing about doing no damn magazine. I mean, literally, I don't know anything about put. you know, I just, yeah, I do the work. We've done forgot about the Speedway. Uh, no, Speedway I mean, magazine. I was doing the work, but I wasn't laying, the, you know, I wasn't doing the layout work. You know, there's a hell of a lot more to it than just writing and throwing the pictures in there. Yeah. And so, you know, and I'm like, man, he says, you know, you, you need to do your own magazine. I'm like, nah. Yeah, you do. Nah, yeah, you do. Nah. <laughs> well, he won that argument, and you know, one thing led to another. And, and honest, and I'll tell you who it is. It was it was Joe Wright over at Ultramax. Mm -hmm. He convinced me to try it, and he he told me, you know, he says, you know, how much can you how much you need to get started? And I told him, he says, do you have it? Yeah, I've got it. And he said, well. And he guaranteed me, he said, you won't fail. He said, if you need anything, I'm here. And he said, you try it and do what you can with it. If you need help along the way, let me know. And it's hard It's hard to doubt a legend like Mr. Mr. Joe Wright was right? in the karting industry. He and, definitely... you know, Joe actually put me in contact with probably 80% of my first uh advertisers in the magazine he made some phone calls warmed the seat up for me and then let me come in and close um so i owe him i owe him a whole lot he opened a lot of doors for me and um you know god rest his soul he was he was a good man oh, for if sure. you if you were his friend yeah <laughs> if you wasn't whoo <laughs> but I, you know, I like Mr. Wright. He was, like I said, so we we actually made the decision. It had to be November. November, we made the decision. 
of 04, right? Of 04. Yeah. We made the decision to say, okay, we're going to try this thing. And, uh, well, I had Daytona coming up, and I'm like, man, I got, I got to do this out of my pocket. And, you know, we got So I went to Daytona and already had some decals made up and everything. Man, we're, you know, we announced Daytona Week, Speed Week, that we're going to have a brand new magazine, Chasing Racing Illustrated. Mm-hmm. And what we'll better place to do it? And and then we we went to print and had our first magazine. We released it at Cart Fest in January of 05. It was that. a January of 05 uh, edition. And that was our first magazine. And we released it at Cart Fest. Back then... You know, uh, the, the 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 conventions for karting and everything, it was huge. You know, you had all your biggest dealers oh, yeah. and everything. So it was the perfect place to drop a brand new piece of work for karting. Oh, if you weren't a kart fest, man, you, you didn't make it the year. Yeah. I mean, kart fest was, you know, the shizzle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. So was kart fest like a, because uh, I'm not familiar with it. Was that like a, they had a trade show and whatnot there? Yeah, big yeah. convention kind really? of. Yeah. yeah. Everybody had their newest, best, Long nicest pieces all out. All, all the, yeah, all the chassis manufacturers would wait until Cart Fest to release their new chassis. And then, you know, eventually they got they got smart and they said, wait a damn minute here. You know, Thanksgiving Thunder and Daytona are two biggest races of the year. Mm-hmm. So then all of a sudden, you know, they started releasing new models in October. So people could mm-hmm. ride them. Yeah. So people could ride them at those two shows. And so, you know, that really, to me, I think was part of the demise of the trade show mm. all the way around. Because they released you know, them earlier. Right. Because yeah. it wasn't that big a deal. Uh, mm. Any new products that was released, you know, between the magazines that were out and, uh, you know, the, the Internet that was, you know, starting to boom and everything like that was, you know, it wasn't hard getting the word out so you didn't have to wait to january for cart fest so i mean i I think all that kind of come you know combined played a part in cart fest going under and then i don't know if y'all remember uh cart mania mm-hmm. you know rodney byers and myself yeah we were crazy enough to try it and i think we did four four five years we did a trade show and uh but you know, same thing. It just, it was, you know, it was past its time. It was just dying. It, oh, those yeah. kind of things are dying. I mean, even in in big industries, uh, even like the like machining industries, they have a big one in uh, Chicago, and that one's on the downslope. But it kind of sucks because uh, you know, I I never got to go to WK Cart Fest or anything like that. But uh, it seemed like it was a really cool gig because everybody got together. It brought new people if they saw it advertised yeah. in their town. Uh, to bring into karting, they could look at everything that karting had to offer. Uh, right. It, it it just seems like something that was really really cool. And I went to uh, Andalusia uh, a few times, and that that's the only type of kind of convention yeah. I was able to go to. But but it was really cool to me, and sucks I wasn't able to go to any of those. Yeah, uh, Jody Jody Pierce done a good job with his show. Uh, and, but, you know, and, and at the time, I mean, I helped him done everything I could for him because, you know, I felt like 
with the with the uh, demise of Cart Fest and everything, and uh, Rodney and I hadn't come up with Cart Mania at the time. You know, our new regional shows was you know the only chance they had, and you know they had a little one over in Boonville. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Junior Burns deal over there at the fairgrounds, um, and then uh, Jody had his deal. Uh, OVKA's been around for 150 years. Uh, you know, so they, you know, those regional shows, you know, I, I felt like they were pretty good and I tried to hit every one of them. Yeah. Uh, it, it definitely helped my magazine's popularity. Most definitely. And so the name Chasing Racing is, it's, it's, it's a very, uh, very unique name. Um, and when you think about it as us, as you know, racers and stuff now knowing about it, it seems like, oh yeah, duh, it's a good, it's a great name. But how did coming up with the name happen? Well, when we decided we were going to do the magazine, uh, Bob's four cycle was the the big Not dog. Yeah, that was you know if you wasn't on on four cycle, you didn't you didn't you wasn't into click. Yeah, but you know we definitely. put it out there that you know I I had a little you know on my website I had a little chat board and uh, uh, particularly around here in this area it was it was the shit, but. You know, if you want to be a big dog, you had to be on four cycle. But anyway, I announced that, you know, we're going to do a magazine, uh, free subscription for ever who, you know, would come up with a name, you know, give it, and if we choose your name, you know, you get a free subscription, all this. And, uh, Mr. James Moore with the series, uh, the Amors, More Money's Pro yeah, Series, yeah, he and I. You know, we at even at that time we were we had we had bonded real well. Uh, and I think I told you the other week the story. Um, I'm laying in the bed one night, and I'm the kind of guy at the time that you know you call me after a certain time, it better be good. <laughs> and I'm laying in I'm laying in the bed, and I'm phone rings, and I look over at the clock and look at my wife. I pick up the phone, and that's how I answered the phone. I said, I said this better be damn good. <laughs> And this guy introduces himself to me and tells me he's got a uh, hanging rock cartway down the road here in Kershaw, South Carolina. And I understand, you you know, to get the word out and to do this, that, and other, that you the man. Uh, yeah, but we can talk about this tomorrow. And uh, But one thing led to another, and James and I, you know, to this day, James is, uh, he's a brother period love him like a brother uh but when we announced the magazine deal he and i talking and and he said what do you do man what do you mean what do you do i said go to all these damn races he said you chase races and we sit there and talk a little bit and he said chasing racing you know because he said that's what you're doing you chasing racing all over the place mm-hmm Huh. Well, me being a redneck, I said we can't spell it traditional way. <laughs> you know, ing stuff. I mean, chasing racing. Yeah, yeah it can't said, be proper. Okay, so we got got to be a little, got to be a little, you know, creative here. So that's how the spelling come along. But James Moore is actually the one who named the magazine. Really? Yeah, that's that's, cool. that's, that's a cool story for sure. It, it's it's it seems like you had a lot of people in your corner uh putting this together i dude i've had a lot of people help me and i i'm fortunate i you know when i when i sit back and think yes i've busted my ass yes i you know i've worked real hard for everything i've got man 
and I don't, you know, you know, I'm not, I'm not patting myself on the back, but my wife and I, both of us, we're mm -hmm. a team. And to be real honest with you, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't have Jack. Or she's kept her foot in my ass for 45 years, brother. She, every time I seen her at the track, she always meant business. She's running she, the RV and she's making it happen. What, she, you know, there's two things in this, in this world I'm scared of. And it's death and my wife and <laughs> not necessarily in that order, you know, <laughs> but you know, she's, um, she's the reason I'm where I'm at and ain't, make no, you know, no mistakes about it. But yes, I've had a lot of people, you know, Joe Wright, James Moore, um, Chuck Deal at Ultramax. Mm -hmm. uh, Harold Wiggins has always been a good ear. Uh, we never, we, you know, we, we weren't always on good terms, uh, for whatever reason, but, uh, Harold is probably, I ain't no problem to it. He, he's probably the most innovative person I, I think that's been in the industry. Most definitely. And, uh, he's, uh, I think Harold's real cool dude. Uh, but he can, he can be a pain in the butt sometimes, but <laughs> I think we all can. But like I said, I, I, I respect the hell out of him. And, uh, but you know, I guess, you know, but the biggest, the two biggest that have helped me the most as far as, you know, pointing me in the right direction and just kind of, you know, uh, being there would be Joe Wright and James Moore. And James actually introduced me to Joe. Really? James Moore. Yeah, if anybody don't like me, y'all blame James because he's <laughs> the one who created this monster. And my wife just, you know, like I said, she just kept it going. Yeah. You just ran with it and then it, it did what it right, did from there. Right. <laughs> so, um, obviously, you know, going out to the track and meeting people, what was, what was some of your favorite things with chasing racing? Uh, I can't lie, man. The popularity. Really? If I, it just, I, I could roll it, man. I, I'm not, I don't know how to, I, I don't like drama. I don't like, I'm not super big on attention, but when I rolled into a track or when we rephrase that, man, more, when we rolled don't make that the, mistake. Right. Right. When we rolled into the racetrack, it was like Elvis in the building, man. People treated us like gold, man. It was it was so cool, you know. And, and I, I think part of that was that I did have racing experience. I was a racer, and I could relate to the racer. But I was a business person, so I could relate to the promoters, track owners, etc. So I kind of had it from all directions. At some point in time, I've done it all inside that gate. I've, you know, I, I've been a corner marshal. I've been on a flag stand. I've been a race director. I've been a promoter. I've done about everything except run my own damn racetrack, which you, you ain't enough money in the world to pay me to do that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but so I knew I could relate to every aspect of the sport. So I got along for the biggest part with everybody because of that. And, you know, looking back, I think the biggest reason I got along with most of the racers is they, they knew if they bought my pictures and, and act like they liked me, they had stood a better chance of getting in the magazine. Yeah. 
I'll definitely say, I mean, even Ethan can vouch for it. Unfortunately, Colton wasn't racing at that time. But anytime we saw that chasing racing was going to be at any race we were at, because we're from South Louisiana. Oh, I was. And, uh, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, nine. Yeah. Uh, we were from South Louisiana, and we're not up on the East Coast like everybody. And that was the majority of your schedule. But when you come yeah. down to the South, it was the coolest thing. Going to Gulfport, Gonzalez, anything right. like that. Like, we went to Andalusia. You were there. Um, well, the, you know, and again, now what I'm talking about for the biggest part, I got treated like gold. And early on, my region over here, the East Coast, everything's hunky dory. But then when I started spreading out, all of a sudden it was like, you know, you're too damn big for us now, ain't you, huh? <laughs> so I'd get a little attitude from my Southern boys mm. or my East Coast boys. But, you know, Louisiana, Mississippi, New York, and then, obviously, the mid uh, Mid American Heartland stuff out there, man. I I love it, man. I, I got to see a whole lot of this beautiful country uh, traveling to go kart tracks all over it, and uh, you know that to me that was that was the best part of doing chasing racing. Yeah, you said you got treated like you were gold. Everything you touched seemed to be like gold too. I remember um, actually Chandler, he got featured in the magazine one time. Oh, that was the coolest thing and, to get featured in a magazine. Yeah, and so everybody at our track was like, "Oh my gosh, how was that? What was it like?" Blah, blah, blah. So <laughs> yeah, and then my my best friend uh, Hunter Thibodeau makes the cover. He went, you know, he won everything right? in Andalusia, yeah. and old old Thibodeux done uh, got on the cover, and that was the coolest. <laughs> thing. Son, he rocked at that race. I remember that. Yeah, he had Daniel yeah. Armstrong. He had he had a bunch of people to race that weekend. Yeah, he, man, he, he was he he had, he had a hell of a night or a hell of a weekend, and you know. Uh, and it's crazy that you mentioned Hunter there, but you know his dad Keith. Uh, oh, Mister Keith, <laughs> man, I, I liked him, and and you know that whole I had a whole crew, man. I had mm -hmm. a ball with them, and even you know here a few years ago, uh, Brandon Miller. Yeah. Oh yeah. He he hired me to come down and take pictures of uh, some of his pool projects and uh you know go around that area and and do some photography for of his uh some of the pools they've built and stuff and while i'm down there i met up with hunter and key we went out to a bar and eat and stuff and you know it's it, it, stuff like that, that you know it lasts a lifetime man yeah, yeah. for sure yeah who did uh who did good at a few races yeah he was uh he, he, he was, was all right he was above average you know yeah. he was above average he was all right. oh, he, he got a, crazy man he, he's got <laughs> he's got to get on here and speak for himself so. yeah yeah we got to get you on, on the podcast <laughs> so well when you when you stepped like when you started breaching out did did uh did, did us louisiana people surprise you any with all our last names and all that well, let me tell you, I saw some stuff down in Louisiana as far as names. I'm like, I've just finally stopped calling, trying to call people anything. I'd walk up to them. How the hell you pronounce this? <laughs> because what I I'm, I'm looking at Thibodeau and I'm like, there's an H there and there's a, a D A U X at the end. I'm like, duh, do, duh, duh. <laughs> I said you're trying to say Ethan's last name, but <laughs> I said everything but uh, Doe at the end, Thibodeau. And uh, the other one was you got the... Lachelet. There you go. Lachelet, <laughs> whatever. They say, they say I still Lachelet. can't pronounce it, dude. They would say Latiolus and Lachelet. stuff like that. Yeah, oh, I, oh, Chance couldn't make it tonight. Right? Yeah. 
but yeah, I, I'm sure we were, uh, I'm sure we were an interesting group and every, every time, uh, we, we do any iRacing streams on, yeah. on any kind of big iRacing, Ethan, oh. you go ahead and tell them what they call you. Oh yeah. I get, uh, I get Antoine, I get yeah. Antony, I get, right? I get it all rowdy. Yeah. Yeah. The same announcer. Yeah. The same announcer. The same it's announcer. all different names. Same as like, it, it, it takes our buddy TJ Parker getting in the stream and, um, spelling out how to say it, <laughs> spelling out the pronunciation of oh my, my last Lord. name. That's funny. That's funny. Well, we made the mistake of not a mistake. He did a good job, but well, I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you, Ethan. Had I had I not been, I I guess I'm trying to figure out how to say this. I wasn't a real well. I I wasn't a dummy, but I wasn't a super smart kid. But you know, I remember seeing Marie Antoinette. Okay, so I knew that A N T O I N was along that line, right? But now to say it, that to say the first time I've seen it, I <laughs> it was Antoine, I'd be lying. Oh yeah, <laughs> but you know, somehow you know, I tied it together there, and and, and I was smart enough. A lot of times at racetracks, just kind of eavesdrop. Back there then, I go. could hear a little bit better than I can now, and I I would eavesdrop, and you know, I'm guilty of going up uh into the booth and asking announcers and stuff how the hell do you pronounce that name right there how, yeah, what is that there were a few like? races at uh at acadiana that they had an announcer and even at at home in burbridge they couldn't get my last name right sometimes <laughs> right well and so then they, there, then they another... even tried butchering alex's they they, yeah, they'd call lavelle. alex and also lavelle get, oh my yeah. god lovell is how you say <laughs> well there you t- you just mentioned bray bridge until you see hear that announced or pronounced you're like uh, yeah that's another one that threw me for a loop we like to spell go kind of like how we spell bro but we just say g e a u x yeah we kind of spell everything weird <laughs> <laughs> That's we, we kind of like okay we're from louisiana we got to make sure that when we spell it you know you know we're from louisiana it don't make right. any sense but... wait so right? my question is rowdy when when you and miss pam came to uh came to louisiana and picked up your motor home from from the people up in alexandria mm-hmm. when y'all pulled up at prejean's for breakfast i'm sure you and miss pam looked at that sign and said what the hell are we doing at pre jeans right exactly what i said <laughs> and what the hell is, i know pre jeans Pre-jeans. I'm like, what is pre-jeans, guys? I mean, I looked, I looked at your dad, and I'm like, Mark, what the hell is pre-jeans? <laughs> it's pre-jeans. pre-jeans. Or something, whatever it was. He's like, there you go. There you go. That was it. He, he's like, and he, he says, trust me, you'll love it. <laughs> What's okay. crazy is that place is really well known. Like, I travel across the country competing uh, professional oh, he was archery. right, dude. And he people right. be like, it was awesome. They would always be like, "What's that place on uh I forty nine pre jeans?" I'm like, "No, Prejean." <laughs> but it's good. Yeah, and, and Cole's you know, even had his last name butchered too a lot. Yeah, mine yeah. Uh, mine gets messed up for Brazier. Yeah, and it doesn't help when your mom accidentally writes cotton on your uh your stuff too. Right, cotton Brazier does not sound good. <laughs> well, you're talking about restaurants down there. And the last time I come down that way was to do that deal with Brandon. Uh, he took me over, and I, for the life of me now, I can't remember the dad blame name of the place, but it was, man, it was off the chain, too. All I remember about it was the water was high, and the O'Shea's. damn gators, huh? O'Shea's. O'Shea's? Say that again. O'Shea's? 
You know, I can't, I, man, I couldn't tell you. I had to ask Brandon because all I know is, like I said, the water was high and gators were on uh, right at the edge of the walkway right there watching us eat. <laughs> like, you know, hey, drop something, dude. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, it, was like, it was like, you know, it was trying to eat with the dogs at the table, man, because they, they were swimming around right there. I'm like, because the first, first one I saw, I'm sitting there eating and I'm facing the window, right? Mm-hmm. You know, Brandon, hell, he's he been there a million times, I guess, because he, he ain't thought nothing about it. And I'm looking over, I said, dude, what is that right there? <laughs> What's that in the water right there, man? Y'all been just, having storms. It's one of the pets. <laughs> By that time, damn head come up enough, I could, I'm like, is that? He said, yep. Lizard. <laughs> like, holy, yeah, for Southern Redneck, baby, you start talking about gators? Yeah, nah, uh-uh. <laughs> no, I, I do know, you know, my dad and my grandpa, you know, they used to, you know, anytime I, I remember you or you'd come down or anytime we'd go to, to Gulfport, probably right for the icebreaker and stuff, you know, my dad and my grandpa would always ask you or Ronald Parker or whoever, you know, hey, do y'all need anything from Louisiana? And I remember one race, I think it was the Pro Car Tour, my dad was talking with Will Brinkley and I think we had two ice chests full of stuffed chickens and all kinds of stuff from A-Bears. Right, right. You know, like you know, you you guys don't get that type of stuff. No, huh? No, that's cuisine to us, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> spin off the pro guard tour, uh, perfect. Uh, in into it. Um, so you wore the uh, were the the title sponsor for the pro cart tour. Uh, how, how did that deal come up uh, with Will and everything like that? Well. You know, I'd been doing the Midwest stuff, you know, with the Mid-America series and stuff. And we went to magazine and stuff. We had, you know, that was what really propelled us. Uh, when when I went out, started going out there doing the Heartland stuff or the Mid-America stuff, um, I, I feel like that, that had a lot to do with, you know, propelling us to a national level. You know, we had done... You know, we'd ventured all up and down the eastern seaboard and, you know, we'd, we'd done some Mississippi stuff, I think. But then, you know, by the time we did, got out to the mid-America, everything had blown up. And, you know, now we're truly a national magazine. And so, and, and Will got a hold to me. And I knew him from his racing days and stuff. And he was, he and the way I remembered him when he called me, and this is really how he introduced himself to me on the phone when he called me. He said, I'm the idiot that got in a fight with Mike Dickerson over at Junction City. Oh, God. Yeah, this fool went toe-to-toe with Mike Dickerson. <laughs> Mike and, Dickerson is a very large man. Dude, Mike's an animal, man. Definitely. Coolest, One of the coolest dudes I've ever met. But uh, I do remember Will... Uh, I don't know what happened. I don't forgot what happened on the track, but they come off and it's on scale road. Next thing I know, man, shit's going everywhere. Man, I'm like, <laughs> yeah, and I'm taking pictures, dude. I'm like, yeah, snap, I'm not publish snap. this. Keep going. I'm not, I'm not going to publish this, but man, I'm, I'm going to have me some pictures. But anyway, you know, that's how Will, you know, he tells me, hey, man, this is Will Brinkley. I'm like, I've heard that name. I've heard that name. He said, I'm the idiot that was fighting Mike Dickerson at uh, Junction City. It might have been Clay City. But anyway, it's one of one of uh, uh, Ed Hasty's tracks, one of them two tracks, and he's like, and I said, "Oh yeah, I remember you now." And uh, you hard know, to he, forget that. Yeah, and he he pitched the idea. You know, he said, "Look, man, I'm gonna do this series. What do you think?" Well, 
you know, we got to talking about it, and, and it didn't happen in one phone call, but we, you know, we, we talked about a lot of different things and, you know, and it was, uh, it was a pretty good trade-off. He knew that I had the exposure he needed to be successful, you know, by having chasing racing and to be real honest with you, that's, that was my extent of it. I provided the coverage. exposure. Yeah. I provided the name. I provided, you know, the popularity. Will done the work. Will took the chances. He stuck his neck on the uh, line. Uh, he he handled all of that, did all that. I mean, that was his baby. Make no mistakes. I was just the popularity side of it and the PR side. Um, and it, you know, we had we had a pretty good run um you know and then i I convinced him to uh go west you know we we ventured out that way with the pro cart tour uh for a little bit went to lasoski right yeah we we did lasoski and where else did we do winfield pro cart Man, I can't remember all that stuff where you know you're talking to an old man now my memory (laughs) memory never was that good but he, um, you know, that there was a void there, you know, for a short time between the Mid America and the uh, Car Stars, mm-hmm. uh, and so uh, you know, I'm the one that got him to go out there, and we did some shows. But I was, I was kind of adamant to the industry leaders out there that they didn't need Will, you know, they didn't need an East Coast guy coming out there running the series yeah you know i wanted a local out there i wanted somebody from that area to run the series you know another series or whatever you know i was vocal with the guys that advertising the magazine and you know uh there's there was a ton of them that you know we talked on the phone at least weekly and you know believe it or not some of them guys valued my opinion and my ideas and uh so that's how apparently that's how John O'Neill come around. Uh, John had never done anything like that, but John was a racer. Uh, John was a very successful short track racer in his day. And so uh, him and Joey, uh, probably two of the best people I've met in go-kart racing. Uh, he actually, John was too damn nice. To be honest with you, I think he was too nice. That's a that's a double edged sword right there. Yeah, he tried to. I mean, he he really tried to make everybody happy. Man, you can't do that in that game. No, you, you know when when if you leave a racetrack as a pr- promoter, flagman, or director, and everybody's happy, you, you didn't do your job, or you're dreaming, or you have right. a dream, right? Because somebody's going to be pissed off about something. I mean, it's it's just it's human nature. Yeah, yeah, it's natural. But you know, I was happy to be a part of John's series too. Um, So do do you think that's why Will went south? Like he went to Gulfport and he went to Corneth and everything. Is that is that why he went south? Because the Midwest didn't really want him, or or was that just on his own? No, he he told me at that indoor race at Corner. The, the corner, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I was there. Yeah, he told me standing on the grid, and he said, "Man, this is it." And I, I knew he had. 
I guess the fun had ended. The fun meter was pegged. Yeah, it was still, you know, it, it had become a chore or job or whatever. And, you know, he told me stand on the grid that he said, man, this is it. And he said, I'm done. And he said, I'm going to call it quits. And I knew we hadn't had banquet for that season and stuff. And I, and I told him, I said, just don't, you know, don't leave these people hanging. And I said, you know, let's, have, you know, you got to have a banquet and, uh, or at least give them their, you know, their earnings, mm -hmm. what, what they got. And for a long time, I harbored ill will for Will because he, he didn't, he didn't yeah. follow through. And it kind of made me, in my opinion, made me look bad because I was tied in with him. So I was guilty by association. And honestly, I wasn't in a position to make good on on his promises. Yeah. Uh, but you, we like sensed, you said, you were just the title sponsor and the PR right. and everything. Yeah. And we, um, you know, but since, you know, we've since talked a good bit and, you know, we're past that. And if he, you know, if he wanted to come back, well, I mean, I'm not carding, but I mean, you know, I, I can, you know, we, we get along. Yeah. Put it that way. Um, but, you know, I, he had a damn good thing going. Um, I don't Most think definitely. you'll, I don't think you'll ever see another series. Um, as a on a national scale, uh, be successful. Most definitely. I definitely think that the pro cart tour and the dino cams, once those went away, it was, that yeah. was, uh, that was definitely the, the end of those, at least right. for the time being, I, I think it's going to be tough with the economy and, and everybody racing, uh, the amount of racers we have now, I definitely think it'll be tough. Well, I think we touched on it before is the, the mentality, uh, of the, uh, of the racers now, yeah. you know, the all about me mentality, all about me get, and all about the money, you know, yeah, even though you, you ain't never want to, you ain't never right. really want a big race, but you're going to go try and big, run all the big races. You know, they don't, they don't care who's successful and they don't understand the big picture that if, if that race promoter or track owner is not successful, then ain't none of us going to be successful. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we just went through that with our home track down here. Unfortunately, it had to close uh, just due to, cart counting stuff it was tough right. everybody was always trying to go chase the money around here there's not really many of those down here uh but it was uh definitely it it definitely i know exactly what you're talking about with the, with the race promoter and the track not succeeding right you know you can only it, it'll, it'll only bleed out so much right they um i mean like i said they you had guys when i got out you know, one of the main reasons I I left was I got tired of hearing guys say, you know, I'm not loading my trailer for less than a thousand to win. Yeah. You know, I about got my yeah. ass whipped in a trailer one night because the guy said that made that remark. I'm not loading my trailer for less than a thousand to win. I asked him when's the last time you won a thousand dollar race. You're not lying. It ain't wrong. It, it's not and, the wrong thing to say. I mean, he maybe he didn't like to hear that, but he took it personal because he had never won one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So I mean, you know, it just it, it's bad for the sport, and most definitely, and that's everything. It, it truthfully, is right now. It, if carding is anything, it's it, it's a true stepping stone. Uh, you, you know, you you got some guys that's been in it, 
all their life. Jamie, your Jamie's, your Donnie's, you know, yeah, Donnie your Mike Dickerson. Those guys like that, they're not going to go race anything else. They are where they they are where they're going to be. They love it. They've done well for the sport. They've done well in the sport, and but every every other racer that comes into the sport is passing through. We're seeing that a lot now with the junior drivers. A lot of junior drivers are doing that, but most of your senior drivers that are already there and settled in, yeah. I feel like if you don't do it once you get out of junior three and you right. maybe run a couple years in seniors, if you're not already trying to make moves once you're moving out of junior three, I think I think right. you're stuck there. And I, I think karting uh, at one point, like you said, it's, it's, uh, it's a stepping stone, but I feel like sometimes – Right now, it's 50-50. You're either making a jump or it's a career thing. Like, that's well, that's what you're doing. I think I, I think what happened there, too, was, you know, we've got all these these classes and stuff. But once you get to the adults, like you said, but, you know, years ago, it started. And I'm trying to remember exactly when and where. But the, the first name that comes to my mind is uh, Matt Martin. Mm -hmm. uh mark martin's son was like i think he was like 12 13 and somebody signed him to a developmental deal or whatever that you know some kind of deal where you know well he's mark martin's son so you know that window to be quote unquote discovered in carding you know or anything really it got younger yeah okay and like you said if you're if you're not discovered by the time you hit the adult ranks chances are your window's closed buddy yeah you you're gonna you know you you're gonna stay in go-karting until you money out or you know if you're making you enough money you until know, you age you. out you know you get where you can't walk no damn morning you mm -hmm. and then you quit but you know as far as you know i used to joke about the like the legend cars that leaves in, they go up here to Charlotte every summer and they run this uh, summer shootout series. Well, unfortunately, you know, you go up there and it, I still, well, it ain't quite as bad as it used to be. You know, you had big guys, the, the NASCAR guys, would, that's where they, you know, they'd come and watch and did, you know, discover some talent there, right? They recruit. So they would, they would, you know, they'd be up there, but, you know, and I always tell everybody, well, you know, every kid that's running up there, they think Richard Childers is waiting at the scale house with a, with a damn contract. <laughs> and, you know, they're racing on daddy and grandpa's money. So they don't care what to tear up. I was so damn happy when Lee finally got out of semi-pro, you know, it goes, you know, I don't know what the first one is. It's like Cubs. After like they get out of bandos, they go young lines. Yeah. They go young lines. Then they go semi-pro. Then they go yeah. masters. And then they go pro. Yeah. Or masters is mixed in there. Ma masters is 40 and over. Okay. Yeah. Masters is the old farts. <laughs> and so, you know, Lee never, never turned, you know, he never went pro, you know, because he really wasn't. He was a semi-pro. Well, hell, he'd go anywhere but Charlotte. And even halftime in Charlotte, they run the semi-pros and the uh, young lines together because he didn't have enough cars. Mm -hmm. So you had to deal with this 13-year-old child that didn't have nothing on the line. Yeah. And if he crashed your shit, you couldn't do nothing about it without going to he's jail. 13 years old. Right. Because, he, yeah, because he's a kid. And most of them were jerks. But... Um, you know, I was so damn happy a couple of years ago 
Well, he turned 40. He's in the old man division now. <laughs> and there's crazy, hell, there's crazy them youngins, but they seem to be having a lot more fun nowadays. Well, they, I think it helps that they pay for their own stuff. So it yeah. probably helps. Yeah. Most, yeah. Just about all of them. And Lee, you know, the back of Lee's car has got a, he's got a saying on it. Want good pricing on your apparel? Race me clean. <laughs> yeah. LJ Designs. Uh, you know, it's, uh, but yeah, they, mo most of those guys in the Masters are paying the bills. So they, they, you know, now some of them are crazy. They'll, they'll, they'll just soon crash out and, you know, they don't care. They're making too much money. It must come too easy for them. Yeah. Yeah. So you kind of already touched on it. The mentality kind of, uh, deter deterred you from, uh, continuing chasing racing, but, uh, when, when did you, what was the, what was the factors and the decision to finally step away from it? Well, when we folded the magazine, you know, October 14 was the last Paper. magazine print. We tried the online thing because that's, you know, everything's instant gratification. You know, we were battling against, you know, the Twitter, race monitor, yeah, right? Facebook and the, and and obviously the 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 soccer mom that would you know was able to stream live from the racetrack or either streaming wasn't that big in in fourteen fifteen but they would um, obviously they could post results on Bob's four cycle you know as soon as his race was over and you know hell. Best I could hope for is that's the last race in my coverage month. I could be, you know, they could have a magazine in their mailbox in about two weeks. But, you know, by that time, it's been all over, you know, social media and uh, Bob's four cycle. And so it's old news. Yeah. And at that, yeah. that point, everybody's just looking at the magazine for the pictures. It's not even all the, they, the hours they, they, of time you right. wrote. Well, it, you know, it turned out it was. You know, come to find out it was obviously, you know, they wanted to see their picture in the magazine. And I've, I've still, to this day, I got people uh, tell me they missed the starting grid. You know, that was the opening column that I would write. Yeah. And uh, really just sound off on stuff that had happened that month or what was on my mind. And most of the time it was a uh, 2 a.m. alcohol fueled rant. And, it was the truth coming out <laughs> but you know again i i got people that i still associate with and man that's what i miss the most and i you know i kind of miss it too but you know but you know the magazine paid for itself you know it uh paid for production it paid for itself but at the end of the day selling photos at the track pretty much paid my uh, my bills yeah you know paid me it made me uh the magazine helped out with my travel expenses but uh for the biggest part it was pnr photos that paid for us to get to a track home and pay my bills and that mentality you know the the turnover or the uh, of the of the uh, of the racers whenever you know we had racers either move on age out or whatever that new generation coming in you know that mentality well i ain't i ain't racing for less than a thousand to win or whatever they were racing on grocery money and plastic yeah. and they didn't have any expendable income 
you know, and the more it costs to race, the less they had they could spend on photos. And it was so it at, got, at a time it became the last thing they thought about instead of the first thing. Right. Yeah. Right. So it got to the point to where, you know, and, and again, you know, I mentioned it a while ago. I think it got to the point to where, you know, I didn't have the magazine anymore. So, you know, back when I had the magazine, hey, we need to go buy a picture from Rowdy. We stand a better chance of making a magazine. Yeah. You know what <laughs> I mean? That incentive was gone. So, you know, the sales dropped at a point to where, you know, it really wasn't worth when you start talking, you know, spending two, three, four days on the road. Um, and, you know, away from, you know, and we had, you know, we had two grandkids come along and that changes perspective. Uh, you know, particularly with my wife, it was like, you know, before the grandkids, we'd, you know, we'd head think out, twice about it. Yeah. We'd go out, we'd head out to a racetrack. We may leave a little early and catch us, you know, a site before we get to the track and coming back and saying, Hey, let's go this way and we can hit this. And, you know, but no, man, them grand youngers come along. It was get your ass to the track. Let's get our ass home. Mm-hmm. and uh so and 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 that you know all of it kind of tied together and just the decision to step back and you know i kept going out to uh lincoln um uh, for the uh cart shootout uh, at, after uh, christmas Emilia, uh, um... yeah christmas new year between yeah. you know and i kept going out there for several years um and covid just ruined everything I hadn't been back since COVID. Uh, number one, we canceled that year, and then the next year, I was about to die. Uh, and then, yeah, I remember that. So, you know, it's just got to the point where, you know, I did, I did some gymnastics competitions for about four or five years. I got into it, you know, for my event stuff, and uh, this bowling tournament thing I told you guys about. I've been doing it 10, 11 years now, and it's. It's really sweet. Uh, that's the only event I do right now. Have you, you know, with the gymnastics and the bowling and stuff, uh, has anything kind of filled the void of uh, of of the chase and racing and, and on going to the racetrack and stuff? Uh, from a what standpoint? From, like an enjoyment standpoint of seeing people, meeting people, and being around something yeah. you enjoy. Yeah, it's it's a different breed of people, uh, but you'd be surprised if. There's a lot of, a lot of well, I ain't gonna say a lot, but there's a good bit of uh, overlap there. I've met, I've met guys, a lot of bowlers, particularly. Uh, it may not be the kids that I'm shooting for the, you know, coverage of that tournament, but their parents and stuff, they're into racing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I even had, you know, one family that, uh, you know, they come in and bowl and said, yeah, I know you. The first time they come and bowl the tournament, mom comes up, man, I know you. You chasing racing or yeah. <laughs> and so we got talking about it. Come find out their two boys uh had been racing carts and you know, I'd been to a track or two that they'd been to, and but they were in cars at that, you know, by the time, you know, I got to doing the bowling stuff and uh uh matter of fact, she passed away this past year. Oh, but uh you know, as far as filling or any void, nah, I mean, both of them, it, I mean, it's it's a different, it's just a different. Fulfillment, I guess. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I mean, I've met so many great people uh, in everything we've done. Like I said, I, I've been fortunate. Uh, and then a certain people, just like in, in go-kart racing, there's certain people that when I got into the gymnastics thing that got me into it, number one, it was kind of a fluke. And then once I got in, you know, this one led to that one, this one led to that one. And, you know, it just kind of snowballed on us until COVID hit and killed it. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, but the bowling thing, again, there's another thing that I do. I, you know, well, I drink and roll. You can't call what I do bowling, but, um, you, you throw the ball down the lane and, and man, if it hits some pins, it hits some pins. It's crazy. <laughs> it's the most, I've bowled league now about 14 years, 15 years. It is the most addictive thing that I've ever done in my life. And I've done a lot of shit, man. You know, growing up, I've done some stuff that, you know, I shouldn't have been doing, you know, um, but it was, you know, I've been, man, I, I'm more addicted to bowling than I am chocolate. Uh, <laughs> I will say it's pretty fun. As a kid, I uh, I did our local uh, school league uh, at one of our local lanes, and right? uh, I ended up getting my own ball. Uh, and then we went. I, I got invitationals to some of the state tournaments, and it was really fun. But then karting, racing took over, and so I was like, "I'm choosing racing. Bowling's fun, but right, I'm going racing." Well, you know, I I, I just like the racing stuff and everything just like everything else i've done in my life i don't you know I, i've got a habit i don't half-ass anything most definitely so when i when i got into the bowling thing i got consumed with it uh, i even you know I, I got to the point that i even set up a pro shop here at the shop, at my office here really i had a I, yeah i had a i had a uh 10 by 10 room that i converted to a pro shop I drilled my own equipment and everything else. Put your own weights and balls fact, and everything. A matter of fact, the only the uh, only two seven hundred series I roll, I roll with balls that I drilled. That's awesome. And I did my own stuff. Um, and a name that and the, and the culprit there is a guy named Mark Van Wyke. Uh, I don't know if you remember out of Iowa. There's a kid named Dylan Van Wyke. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Right. His mom and dad ran a bowling center, ran the bowling center in Oskaloosa, Iowa. And Mark was the coach that started the collegiate program at uh, William Penn. And I would, I met him at, oh crap, Peoria, Illinois. Mm -hmm. We went to that car track. I was name of that damn car track. Anyway, we went out there and we had a big rain delay. Just man, it was monsoon. And once it stopped raining and people started uh, wandering around, well, Mark's wife, who had bought tons of pictures from us, you know, over the short time we'd known them, and then she comes up. My, I guess I just started making uh, Facebook posts about my bowling game. Not, you know. I guess I'd, I'd just gotten comfortable where, you know, didn't care who knew that I I sucked at bowling. And so she's standing there talking to us during the rain delay. And she said, well, you know, that's what Mark and I do, right? I said, what? We run a bowling center. You what? <laughs> we run a bowling center. You what? Next thing I know, man, me and Mark's talking to me. And I'm like, man, we hit it off right off the bat. 
well, long story short, I was leaving there to go to, we wasn't coming back south. We were going to leave there and go to IKF Grands in South Dakota. Mm -hmm. I had a week, right? I want to check it out, huh? I, I ended up parked out back out back of the bowling center, plugged up in the back door there, and he man, I he took me in and he he done a little bit of coaching. My damn my average went up twenty pounds like overnight. Wow. Yeah, he spent fifteen minutes with me watching me bowling, and he told me give me two drills, and literally, this is in like a July. And by the time we started the next league and. Uh, first September, my average was like 20 pounds higher. That's awesome. That's a lot of pins for anybody who doesn't know anything about yeah, balling. That, that's a huge jump. Well, I mean, didn't nobody tell me what the hell I was doing. <laughs> you just kind of, oh, yeah, I got to get the ball down the lane. Right? Yeah. So um, I guess we'll wrap it up with this. Uh, you know, and we'll probably never see the magazine again or anything like that or any kind of RV back at the track. But could we see you taking some photos of the track again? I never say never. Um, but you, it, it is very highly, highly, highly unlikely, A, that you'll see me taking pictures at the track. If you see me at the track, it's because I just happen to drop in and on a whim and say, you know, I want to see if I can catch a damn go-kart again. Mm-hmm. You know, let's see, you know, am I really too old to do it anymore? Uh, you'll never see the PNR chasing racing wagon uh it'll never be that i got to shoot it to uh make a living yeah the extent of what it was uh, I'll, I'll be a greeter at walmart before i have to do it for a living again are you keeping <laughs> up with any of the racing around the country yeah i try to keep up with a little bit of it but uh what i'm really consumed with right now is you know when i got sick i, I hold up in the damn hospital i'm going nuts right and my son brings me his laptop and he gives me his login to a couple of these streaming services and <laughs> i fell back in love with super late model racing you know i'd kind of got away from it because of my uh in you know, how how deep i was into the carding thing about the only thing i did outside of carding was keep up with just enough to carry on a conversation with somebody dirt or asphalt up dirt dirt okay okay i was just i'll just make it short but dude i mean i'm i'm so addicted to uh super super late model dirt racing right now i mean but but i get off on i literally i i i guess about lack of a better term i pound my chest every time i see a kid doing good on a dirt track that i shot in go-kart racing Funny you say that. Clay Harris was in Kyle Larson's race the other night. Clay Harris, Clay Harris does good. And every time I see him on, you know, on TV, man, I'm, I, I love it. Uh, Eric Riggins, Eric Riggins in the sprint. Ayrton Jennington mm-hmm. uh, was one one that I remember a lot. Sold a lot of pictures to his grandma. Um, you got Ben Rhodes and Ty in the trucks. Yeah, yeah. Now Ben, I don't remember too well. Uh, I think he. He was a blip on the radar in carding for me, but um, uh, Daniel Hembry. Yep. Uh, race go-karts as well. I, I got pictures of him in the air, about four foot in the air, <laughs> oh upside down at Indian land, coming out of his go-kart. Cool, one of the coolest pictures I ever took, and it was on film. But Did you, you know, ever get any pictures of Ricky? 
Of who? Stenhouse. Ricky Stenhouse. No. No. But you know Trevor Bain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but now, you know, right now, the the ones that that I really keep up with, obviously the Ferguson boys, Chris and Carson. Uh, but uh, Spencer Hughes. Yep. Old Spencer. Out of Meridian, Mississippi. Yep. Uh, Doing he, very well for being so young in the Lucas Hall series. He is. And I guess the deal with him is, you know, if y'all remember the higher gun contest that I had in chasing racing, mm-hmm. uh, he was my 2009 hired gun. Uh, I took him out to Lasoski for the Midwest Max Daddy and put him on an Avenger racing chassis. Old Jody Crud. Yeah. <laughs> and that poor kid was it was like going to a damn gunfight with a knife oh man but he never gave up that kid he worked his ass off and i you know we ended up with a res- respectable finish but he proved to me then that he was he he was you know he was going somewhere he was willing to do what it took and he you know like i said we just kind of handicapped and Jody had a new piece and we stuck with it probably too long. And before we switched everything over to uh, a chassis that he knew what to do with. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, by that time it was feature time and we started in the back, but uh, like I said, I, I keep up, I still chat back and forth with his mom and dad. That's a know, really with, good family with him on the road, you know, if I need to know anything, I'm, you know, like if something happened uh, tonight on the track, you know, I'll shoot Jennifer message. All right, what the hell happened? And, uh, and I, I can count on her answering for, you know, before too long, but uh, yeah, he, he's, you know, outside of my own son, I, th- I think Spencer's probably, you know, my favorite racer right now. And uh, I, you know, as much as I love seeing all these kids do well in other forms of motorsport, you know, I still love uh, social media and I get to see, you know, kids that who who have succeeded in life in general, you know. But you got uh, to see the start of them, you know. Yeah, they're you know, you know. I remember when they were, you know, you know, little brats running around the pits <laughs> and stuff. You know, you 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 mentioned Eric Riggins a while ago. You know, he's got a beautiful family now. You mm-hmm. know. And, and I get a kick out of stuff like that. Um, I, I was a little girl that raced low country, South Carolina named Carrie Price. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever heard. I know she's been in the magazine once or twice. Uh, man, she's got her own dental practice now. That's awesome. I mean, you know, stuff like that. Just, I just didn't see that as, you know, you know, Chris Ferguson winning Bristol, man. I, you know, it just, it's just it's just cool that you know the 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 kids that you know are successful in life as well as other forms of motorsports and that i knew them when yeah it makes old man feel pretty good (laughs) but uh i guess uh, i guess we'll wrap it up on that mr rowdy i uh deal man we we really appreciate you coming and taking time twice to do this again right rowdy part two yeah right Right. sorry about that yeah no biggie man and I appreciate it, man. I hope you know. I hope we get a lot of a lot of listeners uh, tune in and everything. Ethan, tell you, Daddy, I said hey again. I will. I will for sure. How's it yeah. doing, by the way? Not not to cut into the podcast, but how's Mark doing now? He's good. He's good. Um, you know, I, I recently moved, and 
started work today and my sister's she'll be finishing up her junior year of nursing school. So he's uh he's spending time with her when she's not studying and he's going to work and just doing his thing getting by, you know. Right. You see, that's what I'm talking about. Your sister's in nursing school and yeah, I mean you're 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 out on your own and you know, that's that's the stuff I'm talking about, dude. I mean, I love it. Uh, you know, it just that's that's what that's what I like about what I get to do working with young athletes. Most definitely. Yeah. But uh but well, we really appreciate it, Mr. Rowdy. Thank you for coming on and uh we'll uh we'll see you later. All right, buddy. Thank you. Right. Yes, sir. Fist bumps oh, to the team. Nothing like an 800 mile away fist bump. Yeah. Zoom, man. Zoom, zoom. Zoom bumps. All right. Three. Yeah, no, you're good. We're, we're already rolling, dude. Oh, oh we're, we're rolling, rolling here. Yeah, we're yeah, rolling. Um, man, we, we really appreciate Roddy coming do that um, with, the, with the troubles we had the first time um, with him having a pool night on Monday night with his boys. Uh, he cut some more time out to come sit down with us, and uh, it was just as good as the first one, guys. So, yeah. It, it was cool getting to hear his story because I didn't, I didn't. I wasn't around him very or the his whole chase and racing very long, but uh the first you know, the few years that I was around it, it was really cool. Like I said, you always looked forward to seeing it come out and seeing who made it, who was in it. Oh so yeah. We got it. We so I it. found a website and I'm gonna I might call about this tomorrow, but this this website still has copies of the March twenty thirteen edition. Supposedly available to buy really really i might see i'm probably gonna call tomorrow and see if they still have them does does rowdy know about this why didn't you say in the interview i don't know (laughs) you should probably ask but um thanks for guys for listening we have uh, another great um guest for next week mr mike halliburton is coming on with us to uh talk about his racing career and things he's got going on in life right now and uh, we look forward to that one but until then guys we hope you enjoy this episode and we'll catch you guys next week yep later later guys